gentlemen. Thank you, you for coming out. For sure. Always close by, and you know why. What's good? We back up in this motherfucker, man, doing, you know. Shit is going, nigga. Ball smack top soil. Live trial coverage. Tapping it in, you know. No objection to the demonstrative. All right, well, identify plaintiffs 1296 um, for identity. Don't advertise on Google Ads or Facebook before blocking click fraud with Clixies. One out of every four clicks. Is Jesus. All right. She is very, very much a little. Uh, her positive score is very low, and her negative score is is very high, uh, which tells DC me that she was does good not people fit in as a comparable as it relates to these alleged I say comparable it. actors. Um, what opinions did you form based on that Q score analysis? Uh, my opinions as it relates to these key scores is, um, you know, um, Miss Arnold used uh, these uh, actors as allegedly comparable actors. Um, but really, listening to her testimony yesterday, it appears that she's abandoned this approach. I don't think she's using these comparable actors of these Amber Heard versus anymore. Johnny she's Depp live her, commentary um, with Boss Mac. Fuck with me, don't fuck with. Damn. Did Ms. Arnold offer a criticism of your use of the Q scores here? She did, yes. And what's your understanding what that criticism is? Well, what I believe she was saying is that I should have ran Q scores for these allegedly comparable actors after each of their breakout films, which um, it's a I like button disagree. on the way First in. Q scores doesn't work like that. Q scores are available twice a year, so it's not that I could pick a month or a different month for each of, of, of Q score um, actors. Um, so I feel that you know what was important for me, and this doesn't always happen when when I'm using Q scores. You can get this perfect moment in time, as Miss Heard said. I'm sorry, but as Miss Arnold said, that you know, Aquaman was Miss Heard's breakout moment. You know, so these scores reflect that that breakout moment, uh, and, and and they're terrible Q scores. How would your analysis change if you had Yo, used uh, Ms. Arnold? What's good? Hit the like button on the, the way in. Shout out to everybody that. in the building. You I know, mean, if you we really appreciate think about you. What, 
uh, Miss Arnold was saying is she's saying that she thinks Q scores are the highest for each actor right after their breakout moment. So I would think if anything, uh, these Q scores could have been a bit lower uh, because it's not right after their breakout moment. But what, again, what's important for me is the fact that these scores reflect, you know, who Amber Heard was at the time before the Waldman statements, but after the Aquaman release. Um, we can take that one down, Tom. Thank you. What other work have you done um, in connection with forming your opinions in this case? Um, again, taking the advice from Ms. Arnold, it's important. Uh, Amber got that the teacher looks today. Social media, uh, what their followings are like. She uh, got that. You know, she got that. Uh, to their followers. Um, you know, again, what is the public perception of them? So I, I analyzed uh, their social media. She, she got that teacher look today, um, though. Prior to the the Waldman statement, so. And how how did you do that? Yeah, so what I did, I don't know if you're all familiar with the archive.org. Uh, they have a tool called the Wayback Machine. What archive Hit the like button on the way in. Archives the internet. So you can go back in time to see what websites and web pages used to look like uh, in the past. Uh, not all the time can you actually get I predict the Johnny I, I predict Johnny Depp ain't going to do her all the way in. That's my uh, we prediction. Were fortunate that each of the alleged comparable actors That's the sucker prediction. were in um, archive.org. I predict so he going to do some sucker shit and let a bitch off the hook. Statements to see what Instead of being like bitch, was for I need all of, of that. comparable actors. Mr. Banya, did you prepare a demonstrative um, that def reflects your social media analysis? Yes. Me, I approach. Yes, demonstrative that reflects your social media analysis. Social media analysis. Man, I need me some big social media analysis around. That's my buddy. Shout no out to everybody tapping right, in with this real nigga commentary. The only is real nigga commentary it is for this trial out here. Social media. You will not so hear it broke again, down like this. Statements. You know, first thing you're going to notice here is not all actors use social media. You're going to see Mr. Pine uh, doesn't have Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and Momo and Darmus don't use Facebook or Twitter. Uh, but what's important to look at is um, you have misheard prior to the Waldman statements with 3.8 um, Instagram followers and 142,000. Uh, 500 Twitter followers, and then you you, you move down to uh, Gal Gadot uh, with 37 million Instagram followers compared to her 3.8 million, uh, and you know uh, 2 million, 2.3 million. The numbers uh, matter. Followers compared to Miss Hurt. The numbers matter, 000. nigga. And you can then even go down to Zendaya. All the way down point, to bitches. Uh, million point nine and 17.2 million uh, Twitter followers. What this is telling me is really, you know, more people are interested in Ms. Godot and Zendaya and even uh, Mr. Momoa uh, than Ms. Heard on social media. It, it just tells me a lot of people are interested in these uh, actors as opposed to Ms. Heard, more of a following. Hugh scores well-liked, less disliked. So it kind of fits into the analysis of determining whether or not these alleged comparable actors are actually comparable.
Based on your expertise, the numbers your matter. opinions about uh, Ms. Arnold's analysis of the so-called comparable actors? Yes, again, you know, it appears that she's abandoned this approach, but, and I agree with that. I, I feel that, you know, through the Q-score analysis and the uh, uh, social media analysis, that they're just not comparable. <clears throat> Tom, we can take that one down. Mr. Banya, based on um, all the analysis you did in this case, what, what are your overall opinions? Yes, my overall opinions are that uh, Mr. Schnell failed to prove any causal connection with the Waldman statements and the uh, search or the hashtag activity, those spikes as it relates to Twitter. There's no causal connection there. Um, my second opinion is, you know, based on my uh, social media and Q-score analysis, Miss um, Arnold's comparable, alleged comparable actors are not comparable. And then third, uh, Miss Arnold and Mr. Schnell both failed to prove any causation as it relates to the Waldman statements causing economic harm to Ms. Hurd. So, you know, as a damages expert, which Miss um, uh, Arnold is, uh, you, you need to take into consideration causation before you can calculate damages. You look at damages and you look at this allegedly damaging event and not only do you have to prove that 100% of the damage is because of these Waldman statements, she didn't even consider uh, COVID. It happened at the same time. You know, a lot of actors probably made a lot less money because of COVID. Maybe films didn't get made. And, you know, when you do, do an analysis of, of damages, you prove causation, Ooh. but you also have to look at everything else that might have caused it's fucked this up economic harm and she didn't look into any of that she didn't even know what causation was so i don't think the damages is the appropriate approach in this case no further questions your honor all right cross-examination mr good afternoon mr ben hi yeah you're not a damages expert correct I am a damages expert, but not providing any quantitative damages uh, opinions in this case. In this case, okay. And is it your testimony that only if a person repeats the Waldman death statements could they be related to the defamation? Say that one more time. Are you saying that a person literally has to repeat the Waldman death statements in a, tw in a tweet for them to be related to the defamation? Uh, no, if you looked at my analysis, I did pick the three themes as it relates to the tweets, and I uh, analyzed those themes, and I came up with five examples of when th those themes were used. And you ran searches for, quote, abuse hoax, sexual violence hoax, and fake sexual violence, and you ran the, all those in quotes, correct? I did. So only if a person used a tweet with those words in that order, and with that spacing, would they hit on your searches, correct? Objection, compound, overruled. Yeah, so I used them in quotes because, you know, the hoax could be used in many other contexts. So I wanted to make sure I was fitting my search with the theme of the Waldman statements. So if someone tweeted, misheard, faked sexual violence, that wouldn't appear in your, that wouldn't appear in your searches, correct? Faked with an ED. Uh, it would not. Okay. And, any, and if they use two spaces between abuse and hoax, that wouldn't fit in your search. That's correct. Okay. <clears throat> Did you 
And a, tweet's 200 and a tweet can only be 280 characters, correct? That's correct. All right. So certain of the Waldman Depp uh, statements, a person could not tweet the whole thing in one tweet, correct? The whole statement in one tweet. The Waldman statements? Correct. Um, no, you could not okay. tweet that those entire quotes. Did you make any determination if there was an online bullying campaign against Mr. Depp after Ms. Hurd's op-ed? I didn't look into any uh, online bullying campaign for Ms. Hurd nor Ms. Mr. Depp. Did you determine if there were tweets harassing Mr. Depp that quoted from Ms. Hurd's op-ed? No, my assignment was to determine if the Waldman statements were part of the, the, the tweets that Mr. Schnell provided. I was, I was rebutting him. And in your analysis of when you, when you testified yeah. before, you never looked to see if the op-ed was quoted anywhere, correct? Objection, Your Honor. May we approach? Okay. All right, questions withdrawn. Next question. Um, now, you have no objection to Ms. Arnold's use of comparables, correct? Just the use of comparables in general. I listened to her testimony and my understanding that she abandoned that, uh, uh, that approach. But as it relates to my testimony today, uh, my opinion was related to those specific alleged comparable actors that they were not comparable. You're not offering an opinion as to who the appropriate comparables should be to Ms. Hurt, correct? Correct. Okay. And um, you, you testified just before about the Q scores of Ms. Hurd and the, comp and the comparables. That was uh, plaintiff's exhibit 1296, correct? I don't know what uh, 1296 means. Okay. The, the, the demonstrative in front of you. Mine? Yes, that's correct. Um, the demonstrative. And you said that those were all for the winter of 2019? I said Ms. Hurd's were from the winter of 2019. Because isn't it true that none of the rest of these people were from the winter of 2019, correct? That's correct. Okay. In fact, uh, Mr. Momoa's was from the summer of, tw of 2020. 2020. Of 2020? That's correct. Not all alleged comparable actors had Q scores for that date. What was important for me is to get Ms. Hurd's Q scores right after Aquaman, but before the Waldman statements. So you weren't comparing apples to apples, correct? I wouldn't say that. I'm saying that it's not the exact same years. Well, so in the winter of 2019, that Q score comes out, that the field date, the field work dates for that is from January 22nd, 2019 to February 7th, 2019, correct? That is correct. So that would be start, so the field work would be starting almost a, immediately after Aquaman just came out, correct? Yeah, and her star is born moment, yes. You'd agree that for the winter of 2020, where you took Jason Momoa's Q score, would have more time to account for the rise in popularity. And they said, star is born moment. Well, actually, <laughs> I use Ms. Arnold's suggestion. Uh, the, <laughs> these celebrities tend to have, you know, the, the, the celebrity moment right after they have their breakout film. So... Uh, I disagree with that. I think maybe his Q scores could be lower as it relates to when I use them. You'd agree that for the winter of 2020, Mr. M Momoa's Q score would have more time to account for the rise in popularity of the film Aquaman? 
I don't know if it accounts for the rise of popularity. Again, using Ms. Arnold's uh, words, uh, usually a Q score will be the, the highest after, right after the film, like I did measure Ms. Heard. All right. Do you show? All right. Thank you. If you look on page 177 of your deposition transcript, you see that? I don't see a page. Is that what you handed me? You don't see page 177? Um, I think four pages. Four pages per. Oh, yes. Thank you. And I asked you at lines 6 through 10, you'd agree that for the... Winter of 2020, Jason Momoa's Q score would have more time to account for the rise of popularity in the film Aquaman, and you answered yes. Uh, at that time, as I am a rebuttal expert to Ms. Arnold, based on her testimony, I've learned something new from her. Okay. You did, and you didn't look at Ms. Hurd's Q score for summer of 2020, correct? She doesn't have any. And Ms. DeArmas had a lower, lower familiarity score than Ms. Hurd, correct? Um, if I don't have that in front of me, but if you're saying that, yes. Okay. And Ms. Darmus' career tra trajectory has gone up since the summer of 2020, correct? I, I don't know. I didn't analyze her career trajectory. Okay. Um, could we, could you put up planets, uh, trial exhibit 1297? That was the demonstrative. Ms. DeArmas has less Instagram followers than Ms. Hurd, correct? Correct. And by, Ms. Hurd has more than double the Instagram followers of Ms. DeArmas, correct? Yes. Okay. And isn't it true that you get more social media followers the longer you're on social media? I'm not necessarily. It, it doesn't work that way. It, it depends on... Many other factors. And, and so Mr. Armas had a lower familiarity score and less Instagram followers, yet your testimony is that she would not be a proper comparable to Miss Hurd? That's correct. Okay. And you're not offering a different set of people who should be comparables, correct? That's correct. Okay. You, thank you. You can take that down. Now, you understand that Mr. Waldman has been banned from Twitter for life for harassing Amber Heard, correct? I, I don't know that, uh, but if that's the case. And you understand that Mr. Waldman appealed the decision to Twitter and they have confirmed his ban for life? Objection, what? Your Honor. May we approach on this one? Okay. He got a ban for life? Dang. What happened, man? Man for life. Jesus. How, what, how you harass a bitch and get banned for life, though? Like, you, 
you agree that in looking at Mr. Schnell's data, 65% of the uses of negative hashtags relating to Ms. Heard occurred between April 1st, 2020 and June 15th, 2021, correct? Correct. Okay. And you would agree that five of the six highest spikes of the negative hashtags were after the Depp Waldman statements, correct? Correct. Okay. And where you talked about the February 2020 spike, and the 65%, by the way, even includes the February 2020 spike of tweets, correct? That's correct. Well, there was no spike in Feb 2020 during the Waldman statements. Well, the, Feb the spike in February 2020 was before the Waldman statements, right? I would have you, can we pull up the chart again if you want to talk about the spikes? Sure. Can you put up 1294? Number one. Number one. Yeah, that spike happened before the Waldman statements. Okay. And there was hardly any activity in negative hashtags until February 2020, correct? That's correct. And you understand that the spike in February 2020 was related to the partial tape that Mr. Waldman and Mr. Depp leaked to the Daily Mail, right? I'm aware that the articles were related to um, Heard admitting to hitting Depp. And you understand that Mr. Waldman testified that Mr. Depp and Mr. Waldman met with the Daily Mail in person to provide the partial tape to the Daily Mail. Objection, Your Honor. Okay, she's talking about, he talked about what's, what the number one related what, to. What's the objection? Sorry, lack of foundation. And I'm, asking, I'm asking if he knows, if he knows or he doesn't. All right, uh, we're ruled. So what's important to me is the fact that this spike is prior to sir, the sir, statements. Uh, do you know if this do you know if Mr. Waldman testified that Mr. Depp and he met with the Daily Mail in person to provide the partial tape no. in February of 2020? You don't know one way or the it's other. It's irrelevant to my opinion. Okay. And the spike in July of 2020 came right after the last defamatory statement by Mr. Depp and Mr. Waldman, correct? Uh, the July spike, which is number two, uh, is not related to the Waldman statements, and it, uh, there are articles related to abuse between Heard and Depp and feces found in Depp's bed. And that's based on Google searches you did? That's correct. Okay. And the July, but the July spike in time came after the June 27, 2020 defamatory statement by Mr. Depp and Mr. Waldman, correct? That's correct. Okay. And... As, and five of the six spikes came after Chief the wildfire in the correct? building. After the Waldman statements, yes. Okay. Now, you testified before that you eliminated shares and likes of the Depp Waldman statements from your analysis, right? Repeat that, please. Did you say that you eliminated shares and likes of tweets that included the Depp Waldman statements? That's correct. When I was doing my analysis, I noticed the exact same text was a part of many of these tweets. Don't, don't shares and likes disseminate the negative information? That's quite possible. Okay. And you agree, right, that use of the term Waldman or Waldminion occurred over 25% of the time in the negative tweets toward Ms. Heard from April 2020 through January 2021, correct? Although it's irrelevant to this case, it has nothing to do with the Waldman statements. That's what Mr. Schnell says. 
You don't disagree with his, you don't disagree with the search results, correct? Yeah, although has nothing to do with this case or the Waldman statements, I do not disagree. So if people are tweeting about Adam Waldman and, or Waldminion at the same time as tweeting negative hashtags, hashtags about Amber Heard, that has, it's your testimony that they have nothing to do with this case? The hashtags have nothing to do with this case. It, that's, that's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's and what he's saying, nigga. Negative hashtags with Walt. That's Mr. what Wallman, he's saying, man. That's what he's saying. Minion, you're saying they have nothing to do with the defamatory statements. All four hashtags that Snell used had nothing to do with the Waldman statements. I, yeah. Waldman himself has nothing to do with the Waldman statements. We're talking about the Waldman statements here. Waldminion. I don't even know what that is, but again, it has nothing to do with this case, and it's not related to the, the Waldman statements. That's and, what's important. And the reason you're saying they're not related to the Waldman statements is because someone didn't literally copy what Adam Waldman said in the Daily Mail and tweet it out? Well, I looked at, at enough tweets that included the name Waldman that have nothing to do with anything negative or the Waldman statements. No, they must, I have, mean, had Mr. They must have had to have the negative hashtags toward this herd because the only way that those would have been in the data you looked at would have had the negative hashtags towards Ms. Heard. It, he wasn't looking, it was looking at that universe, correct? Well, first of all, I don't agree that the, the justice for Johnny Depp is a negative hashtag towards Amber Heard. So listen, the assignment was to determine if the tweets that Mr. Schnell presented were related or included the Waldman statements. In your review of the tweets related to Ms. Heard, you cannot point to any that were positive toward Ms. Heard, correct? Again, I was not looking for that. And you did not review the hashtag Johnny, Justice for Johnny Depp during the time from April 1st, 2020 to January 1st, 2020 to see if there were any that were not negative toward Ms. Heard. I did not look into anything as it relates to anything other than what relates to the Waldman statements. That's what's at issue here today as we sit in court. And you didn't form any statistical analysis to rule out the Waldman statement's impact on the hashtags, correct? Correct. You did not analyze whether media and press coverage other than the Waldman statements affected Ms. Hurd's career, correct? Correct. Okay. Looking at um, the exhibit in, that's in front of you, where you have the numbers here, those you said are related to Google, Google searches? The, the one through six? Correct. Yes. Okay. And can we put up... Um, Plaintiffs 888. And we could just start at one. Do you understand that your, okay. Oh, thanks. And 888, it's page 76. These are the documents you relied upon for your opinion today? Yes. And are these the search, the, where it has the different letters, these are the searches uh, that you ran for the various time frames and the articles that came up for numbers one through six, correct? No. I mean, obviously document 1A is the Heard Supplemental Expert Witness Disclosure. These are... These are documents that I used throughout the time I've been working on this project. So not, these aren't related to those one through six numbers. Okay. These are documents you relied upon for your opinion today? 
These are documents that I relied upon when I presented my, my designation. The, the, for, your opinion, for your opinion today, that you're offering today? Yeah, these are the documents that, yes, I've relied on throughout this entire, this case. Okay. And actually, Michelle, could you turn in this designation to um, let's see. Uh, hold on one second. Go. Can you just scroll down? Yeah, I keep scrolling. Stop. This was the chart you provided with your designation for your opinions in this case, correct? Yes. Okay. And it's it's similar to the chart that we had before that we had before with the one through six, correct? That's correct. And where it has the various boxes, it's talking about documents six E through six H, for instance. Related to depth, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. Live. Yes. And you, you prepared this chart, correct? Yeah, this was part of my designation. I'd like to have this page um, as a demonstrative. Your Honor, I do have an objection, if I might be heard. All right, if you want to come forward, page 99. Is Amber and them losing today? Is this a losing day for them? Is they losing today? Johnny Depp. What color blue is that? That blue is dope. That's that cerulean. Cerulean. Let me see. Yeah, that's that cerulean. Hold up. Let me catch a vibration right quick. Let's see what I'm talking about. Yeah. What? Nigga. Nigga. What? Nigga. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah.
Let's see if I'm tripping. Hmm. See that suit that Johnny got on right there, right? Yeah. You see that suit? Let me see. See? That. There. Mr. Banya. Um, other than. Ah, uh, oh, lost that shit. Oh, there you go. Cerulean. So as I understand it, your Saint, the way you determined that the tweets were not related the color of to it, the Waltman uh, statements was Depp that you looked at time right and here. then you ran certain Google searches, correct? See. Correct. And then the top three hits came up. Johnny Depp suit. Correct. And you okay. were and then you looked Johnny through the article Depp to suit. see if Cerulean. the Waltman statements were there? Nigga. So as it relates to any trending event, Fuck. any a defamation that's happened online, Cerulean, any nigga. allegations of, of mm. uh, economic loss because something went viral, Cerulean. going to Google, looking at the <laughs> spikes in time and going back in time to see what was happening on those top three sites will give you an indication of, of the best results that were being served at yeah. that time. So something viral that's happening would appear most likely in those top three results. And just so the record's clear, if we could put, go back to page 76 of this. <laughs> Number yeah. 6A through 6N going to the next page, those are the, those are the headlines of the searches that you found? Correct. And you, you don't disagree that the ne that negative tweets toward Ms. Heard have continued throughout your throughout the analysis of the tweets, correct? I'm not looking at whether they're negative tweets or those hashtags are negative. I'm determining if those tweets are related to the Waldman statements. Right, okay, and you you haven't you, there's not you have no so you have no opinion whether the tweets were <laughs> positive or negative towards Ms. Heard. That's what that's what you're saying. Yes, I'm just analyzing whether or not they're related okay. to the Waldman statements. Okay, thank you. Nothing further. All right, redirect. I have no further questions of this witness, Your Honor. Thank you, Mr. Banya. Yes. Thank you. Is we going up? Come on now. What? Fifteen minutes. Sorry, do not discuss the case and don't do any outside research. Damn, they just did a break, man. The fuck. 
They just did a break. They just did a break. They taking breaks oh, like mob. Right. So just so that we're on the same page, you can have a seat. <laughs> Keep standing the whole time. All right. Just so we're on the same page with Mr. Knight's testimony. Actually, could Mr. Knight go back out? Please. All right. All right. So we're on the same page with Mr. Knight's testimony. Um, there is a rule on witnesses. However, Mr. Knight's a rebuttal witness. Um, the purpose of excluding witnesses uh, from the courtroom, usually it's a courtroom, is to deprive a, a later witness of the opportunity to shape testimony to correspond with that of an earlier witness. Um, the issue we have here, obviously, if it was a direct witness in the direct testimony, you had time to do a rule on witnesses, let them know about the rule on the witnesses. With a rebuttal witness, it's a little different because um, they didn't know they were going to be a witness. You didn't know they were going to be a witness. I understand that part. The problem is the courtroom in this particular case appears to be the world. So what we have to do here is um, I'm going to do a voir dire, and I'll, let, I'll allow both sides to ask questions as well, of Mr. Knight to see what he has seen of the case. And I'm just going to use the factors um, that the case law in Virginia uses, which uh, the factors to consider, because the court does have broad discretion to permit or prohibit a witness um, to testify in this particular circumstance. So the factors I'm going to consider is if the impropriety was intentional, which we'll find out, uh, the prejudice attached to it, also if the excluded witness learned about substantive aspects of the case from an earlier testifying witness and whether that knowledge had any effect on his or her testimony. So those are the three factors I'm going to look at in weighing this decision. Um, so keep that in mind when you do your voir dire. And it's my understanding that the evidence that Mr. Knight will testify only relates to Hicksville. Is that correct? Okay. All right. Now we can have Mr. Knight. Come around. Oh, that wasn't like a real break. All right, sir, Mr. Knight, if you could come forward to be sworn. Yeah. They was running some technical shit. Sir, if you could just have a seat, please. Sir, what's, what we're doing is I'm just going to ask you a few questions outside the presence of the jury, and then the attorneys are going to ask you a few questions, okay? Sure. And then I'm going to have you step back outside after that, okay? No problem. All right, what's your full name, sir? Uh, Morgan Higby Knight. Okay, you don't have to be that close. All right. All right, how do you spell your last name? N-I-G-H-T. Okay. All right, and sir, um, before I can allow you to testify, I just want to ask you a few questions. Um, have you seen any of the trial that's been going on for the past six weeks? Yeah. Um, approximately five weeks ago, a friend of mine texted me that Hicksville was mentioned, and I watched a little clip where okay. it was mentioned. Which clip did you watch? Um, I believe it was uh, somebody testifying about, I think it was the security guard testifying maybe about Hicksville or... Um, I forget exactly who was testifying 
but it was something where Hicksville was mentioned and uh, it was uh, about something about a wrist or something like that. All right. And what did you do after that? At some point, did you get in contact with attorneys? So I didn't reach out to them. Um, I didn't really care. The, okay. uh, the innkeepers that worked at Hicksville before reached out to them and said, we saw some stuff that wasn't true. And then they asked, is it okay if I give the attorneys your phone number? So the attorneys reached out to me. Okay. And when did the attorneys reach out to you? He got May a bias. 3rd. May 3rd. And yeah. you talked to the attorneys at that time? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not Camille, but um, Carolyn. Okay. And then have you seen any other parts of the trial? No, she instructed me not to watch anything about it, regardless no. of if it was about Hicksville or not. So I haven't. Oh, okay. Off yeah, he deserved that. Turning off yeah. uh, anything that seems to be like it's on social media. So I just don't want to. You got to be careful of them, them type All of right. motherfuckers. And questions, Ms. Yes, so, Mr. Knight, you were contacted by an attorney for Mr. Depp on May 3rd? Yes. Okay. And you said it was Carolyn? Gerilyn. Gerilyn. Oh, Gerilyn. I got it. Okay. And what... I think it's pronounced Gerilyn. Okay. Can you tell us the conversation you had with her at that time? Yeah, she um no, that's shitty that's, this dude is shitty right here. And I he ain't fucking around. Okay, um would you mind testifying? He determined. And I said sure and she said He determined uh, about some shit. Okay, well then we're not sure if we're gonna call you or not, but just in case, please don't watch anything having to do with the case. And I said, I will do. Um now how is it that to your best knowledge, how is it that Gerilyn was able to get hold of you? How did, how did she know that you knew something? So, like I said, two of my innkeepers, my innkeeper and my manager, had reached out to her team, um, I think through email. And one of them uh, texted me and said, hey, do you mind if we give Gerilyn your phone number? Now, you also communicated uh, on Twitter, did you not, about this case? Yeah, two weeks prior to Gerilyn reaching out to me, um, someone had made a comment about something that happened by the fire pit, and I said, that's not my recollection. I didn't see, that's not, that's not what I saw. So who was it that made a comment about something that happened at the fire pit? So once um, I was told about uh, the fact that Hicksville was mentioned, I went and did a Twitter search of Hicksville trailer. So it was, I don't know who it was, but I was just like, what are they saying about Hicksville? And so that was um, why I did a search just to see, because it was weird and fascinating because the night to me um, wasn't that remarkable in the context of all the different experiences I've had at the trailer palace. So explain to me, please, what you mean by you did a trailer search. So if you go to Twitter and you put in keywords and do a search, all the um, tweets regarding that subject come up or anything with those keywords in it. So that is how I found the tweet that I replied to. Okay. And how many tweets did you find that mentioned Hicksville when you did that trailer search? Probably like five or six. I only replied to one of them. Okay. And what do you recall those tweets saying about Hicksville? 
Um, the one that I replied to said that uh, there was some incident by the fire pit and uh, and Johnny was yelling at Amber. Um, and I replied that my that I didn't see that. I was there all night and I was, you know, I was working that night. So I didn't see anything like that. So your best recollection on that one was that somebody said somebody was testifying that Johnny was yelling at Amber? Yeah, and I, I believe um, grabbed her or something along those lines. Do you recall who I forgot. I forgot to speak Johnny on the Mickey Rooney shit. I forgot about that. That was, man, that was super brazy. They ain't even had to do that because it, it was another oriental bitch in the movie, though. They had a real oriental um, bitch in the movie. Uh, they didn't even yeah, have to do the Mickey Rooney shit like that. It was a, a Did you say ago. anything about what you thought happened? I just said that didn't happen. I didn't say what I mean. I think I believe I said maybe something along the lines of, uh, from what I saw, Amber was the one acting jealous, not Johnny. And you said this to one of the tweets. Yes. Do you recall whether that was the Umbrella Man? I don't recall. That's a ridiculous name, though. Okay. So tell me about the other five uh, tweets that you recall seeing when you ran your trailer search. Um, I think they were similar in nature, but I didn't. I don't specifically remember the details of them. Uh, that was pretty much the only one I remembered, and that's the only one I replied to. Do you remember anything about the other five and what was said? No. Okay. When you said that somebody told you about a security guard, what was your understanding of what the security guard said? Um, I just, I got a text that uh, somebody in the trial had said uh, that they were talking about the Trailer Palace at, during the trial. And so that's what led me to go on Twitter and do a search. And did you have any communications with the two innkeepers about what you knew or what you thought? No, I hadn't talked to them in years and so, still haven't regarding the case. So how is it that the innkeepers then contacted you and said, do you mind if we give you the telephone number to the attorneys? Because they still have me in their phone and um, Christy, who was the manager at the time, is the one that texted me and said, um, hey, do you mind if we pass this along? They um, it looked like Amber getting you know, worried. I just want to talk to you. Do you mind if we pass what along? Your phone number. Right, but how is it? It looked like Amber getting worried right now, though. The innkeepers that even led them to understand that you believed you had knowledge about Hicksville, the Hicksville incident. There was no conversation. They knew because they were both working that same night. Um, Jenna was the innkeeper and she was there along with me that night. Christy was the one who texted me and she had come in the following morning for her shift. And I slept over, I was um, living innkeeper that night. So I'm trying to understand. So just based on the fact that seven years ago, they happened to know that you were working that night. Nine years ago and it's because okay. I was there okay. with them. My math, well, it's. Looking bad, he corrected her. 
What year? Oh, that was 2013. You're right. Okay. Yeah, so, bitch. Well, how is it that out of the blue they remembered nine years ago uh, that because don't that shit happen here night and that you might have some knowledge? I mean, to be honest, like we do get um, celebrities sometimes, but it was you know it's not that unmemorable so don't shit happen here so, so sure if johnny depp is at my shit what the fuck mr depp's attorney ever <laughs> attempted to contact you before no had you ever attempted to contact mr depp's attorneys before no conversations with mr depp's attorneys other than the one you described with Geraldine. um since yes well, I met with Camille last night. All right. And what did you, what was that conversation? Please describe. I just went through, um, you know, the story again that I had told. I didn't even realize who that was. I knew he was somebody. What that story was. You want me to go through yes. the whole story? Um, Your Honor, we would object to attorney work product. No. There's no attorney work product. No, I'll overrule that. Right. That's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Please yeah, sure. Um, that I I described like them getting to the trailer palace, uh, the uh, me showing them around, the interactions I had when I was on duty with Mr. Depp and Mr. Her or Miss Heard, um, how uh, the evening progressed throughout the night, the levels of drinking and drug use that I witnessed. Um, the uh um what the state of the damaged trailer the next morning um and basically just yeah the details that i i, I had only um you know spent total 45 minutes to an hour with mr depp um and miss her throughout the e throughout the entire course of the night so it was my um, recollection of those events during that time And what did Ms. Vasquez say to you? Your Honor, this is uh, beyond, we object on the grounds that it's beyond the scope of the voir dire. No, which is limited to whatever the three she criteria. said to him but is very May I please finish good. stating my objection, Your Honor? Go ahead, yes, sir. The objection is that it's beyond the scope of the voir dire, Your Honor, enumerated the three criteria which are relevant here. And this is a rebuttal witness, so. Your Honor, whatever Ms. Vasquez shared with him is going to be very important here because they knew by this time he was going to be a witness. So, well, that, well, that's what, last night. So, right. how does that fit into one of the three factors of deciding whether or not he's going to testify? Well, one of the three factors, you're, well, Your Honor, may I approach so that the witness doesn't hear? Okay, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> this little mama. Oh, shit. Amber was looking worried over there, man. I'm trying to <laughs> Oh, shit, man. Amber is evil, man. You know, shit is associated with evil. Mr. Knight, did yes. Ms. Vasquez uh, provide you with any information that anyone had testified to or uh, said at any point? No, she didn't talk about anything except for asking me my experience and, and just getting a clear understanding of 
what my experience was. She didn't mention anything outside of the scope of what I saw and just asked me for the facts and told me, just tell the truth and let me know, you know. Do you know what any of the witnesses said in this trial? <laughs> uh, a friend of mine texting that someone was talking about trans. <sighs> Do you know whether any of the witnesses testified about any jealousy? Uh, other than the tweet that I replied to, no. All right. Thank you. Your Honor, may we approach? Uh, well, do you have any questions? Uh, All right. Sir, if you could ha have a seat back outside the courtroom. Sure. <laughs> 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 they got a surprise witness. Camille just introduced a surprise witness on these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Amber over there looking like she getting nervous, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Man. Camille, man. Camille is that bitch. Camille is a star. That is who she are. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Uh, let me see. Let me get that. First, I gotta do that. that yeah man shout out to everybody tapped in fucking with the boss mac top so right now man live live uh uh trial coverage you know we 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 love johnny depp man we sad that he here because of sucker shit johnny depp has us here this is all because of sucker shit Johnny Depp, you did suck a shit fucking with this bitch. A bitch could have hit a lick for seven M's and walked away. A bitch could have hit a lick for seven M's and walked away. But a bitch get out there running a mouth. A bitch get out there running a mouth. I'ma give I'ma give it to the I'ma 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 give my shit to charity because I really don't need it. Dumb bitch running a mouth. Huh? Dumb bitch running a mouth. I'ma give it, I'ma give half to I'ma give it, I'ma give my seven million to charity. Then a dumb bitch get out there wanna disparage Johnny Depp, Captain Sparrow Moore. Cause him to lose 40 M's out here. 
You understand me? Type of bitch shit in a bed. Shit in a bed. A bitch shit in a bed in a room without water around in a hot atmosphere. No cut. There is no cut. Do you realize how much cut water put on shit? Uncut hot room in a mattress. Sheets on my side of the shit ass bitch. Right here. Gotta throw the bed away. Room lit. I can't never come in this room with my mind like my mind is erupted. Associate that with evil. That's associated with the the devil. The devil. The evil. Then a bitch do that and go to Coachella. With motherfuckers that was thought it was funny. Other motherfuckers thought it was funny. Other motherfucker thought it was funny. If I was Johnny Depp, if if I if 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 I would have seen the dude laugh, I'd have slapped the shit out of him on for laughing, like. On, on on the strength, I'd have slapped the shit out of him for laughing at that shit. Like, nigga, you banished from the house, slap the shit out of you. Sue me, nigga. Slap the shit out of his motherfucking ass. Motherfucker. Right. So based on weighing the factors, I'm going to allow Mr. Knight to testify. If we could get Mr. Knight back in. And if I knew you were going to do a sidebar, yeah. I wouldn't have made uh, him leave. Yeah, Mr. Knight is about to fuck they, they shit up, nigga. Woo! Mr. Knight is about to fuck they shit up. All right, so if you could just stay up, you could just stay there while we get the jury, okay? All right, Mr. are we ready for the jury? Mr. Knight is about to fuck, okay. nigga. Mr. Knight is about to come in here and... Just we're going to swear him in again in front of the jury, okay? Yeah, bitch, this is a surprise witness from the fuck up a whole. Some, this might be the last. He, this this surprise witness might destroy the last lot. You feel me? Like, it might be a final. It might be a final lie and shit. A, fine, a bitch thought she had at least one truth working. I mean, she had a lie, a lie working. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize for the interruption. You're going to notice as we get closer to the end of the testimony, you're probably going to have some more interruptions, and I, I apologize for that, but there's just some matters we have to take up outside your presence, okay? All right, thank you. All right, your next witness. All right, Mr. Knight, if you could come forward to be sworn. Do you 
solemnly swear or affirm to testify truthfully in this case in the penalty of law. Thank you. Sir, if you have a seat. Good afternoon, Mr. Knight. Good afternoon, Camille. Would you please state your full name for the record? Morgan Higby Knight. Mr. Oh, Knight, shit! Where are you from? I live in Los Angeles, California. And what do you do for a living? So I currently own and run Hicksville Pines Bud and Breakfast in Idlewild, California. And I created and ran uh, Hicksville Trailer Palace in Joshua Tree, California starting in 2009. And how is Hicksville Pines Bud and Breakfast different from Hicksville Trailer Palace? So Hicksville Pines Bud and Breakfast is um, up in the mountains of Idlewild, which is a beautiful like snow town above Palm Springs. And um, all the units are A-frames instead of trailers, which we have. It's obviously a very different climate than Joshua Tree, which is a desert area. Um, the rooms which are themed at both places are uh, trailers, finished trailers from the 50s through the 70s at Hicksville Trailer Palace. So um, there's also different kind of amenities. There's a pool in Joshua Tree. Um, there's a rec room up at uh, Hicksville Pines. When did you first become the owner of the Trailer Palace? Trailer Palace, I started building it in 2009. It took about a year with uh, my collaborator, Stephen Butcher, and on the trailers. And we got done and opened um, in 2010. Did there come a time that you sold the Hicksville Trailer Palace? Yeah, I did at the beginning of 2020. I um, had some health issues and just it was too much to run both at the same time. So I chose Idlewild because it was newer and shinier. And just for my sake, um, how long did you own the Trailer Palace? So 10 years of us being open, 11 years total. And what was the Hicksville Trailer Palace? So um, it started out as a uh, artist retreat. I was a filmmaker at the time and wanted a place to get away and work on film projects outside of Los Angeles. Uh, I also put in a recording studio so musicians could record records there. Uh, I had lived in New Orleans for five years and there was an amazing recording studio there called Kingsway where all the musicians would come and they'd live in this big mansion and record their records and I just thought that was a really neat thing for artists to be able to get away and create their, um, create whatever they were working on. Over the course of the uh, build-out of all the trailers, themed trailers, which I'm a huge fan of this hotel called Madonna Inn, and uh, so I wanted to do really detailed themed trailers. It became too expensive to just make a living off of an artist retreat, so I decided before I was done to make it a hotel as well. And what were your job responsibilities, generally speaking, when you owned the Hicksville Trailer Palace? So I would um, be live-in manager some nights, um, a couple nights a week. I would also drive out from Los Angeles twice a week and bring supplies that you can't get out in the Yucca Valley area and Joshua Tree. Um, there's just a lot of things like 
you know, smart finals, Costco's and stuff. So I would drive that stuff out. Um, there's also no uh, USPS. So sometimes I'd have to get things shipped to my house and drive them out as well. Uh, I would also just do um, constantly building and creating new stuff at Trailer Palace, uh, whether it's new trailers or amenities. So I would be working on that stuff as well. I'm a big fan of the fact that Disneyland is always making it better and better. And when you were the live-in manager, does does that mean that you spent the night at the Hicksville Trailer Palace? Yeah, we have a house on site um, where the recording studio was, and there's a bedroom in there. So whoever is live-in manager those nights um, stays in the house and, and basically lives there. There's a kitchen and everything. Have you ever met the plaintiff in this case, Mr. Depp? I had met him really briefly at the Viper Room in the late 90s. Um, uh, I had worked with some of the people that performed there and was good friends with uh, Skrull Robin from the Pussycat Dolls and um, some other friends in this band, The Imposters. So I was there and I met him once. How about Miss Hurd? Ever met her? I had never met her before. Um, they were guests at the hotel. When was the first time that you met Mr. Depp and Miss Hurd? Get together? the likes up! Surprise um, witness in this motherfucker. 2013, uh, when they were guests, uh, Mr. Depp's assistant Nathan had rented out the entire place so they could have a night um, there in privacy. And what do you recall, if anything, about Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd's arrival to the Hicksville Trailer Palace? Mr. Depp got lost. Uh, so um, his security guard, who arrived early, asked me if I could go fetch them because. He had an old car that um, didn't really fare on the dirt roads out there, which are pretty horrible. So um, I went out and made sure that they got themselves and the car back to Hicksville safely. Do you remember approximately at what time that was? It was three to four in the afternoon. What was Mr. Depp's demeanor when they first arrived? At Trailer Palace, he was super excited about the place, really complimentary, um, just had a lot of questions and um, was just seemed like he was in a really great mood. And how about Miss Hurd's demeanor? Anything stick out? She was pretty quiet. Um, she uh, just kind of didn't say that much when I was giving them the tour of the grounds and the trailer. And was anyone else with Mr. Depp and Miss Hurd when they first arrived? Uh, there was people that were arriving throughout the afternoon. So um, there was uh, um, I think 10 to 12 people total ended up staying. Uh, the security guard had gotten there earlier and just to check out the place. But, um, but yeah. And did I understand your testimony previously that the entire trailer park was rented out by Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd? Yeah, the whole place slept, I believe at the time, about 25 people, but there was only 10 to 12 in this party. And who was part of that party besides Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd? Um, I'm really horrible with names, but I remember one of them was uh, Miss Hurd's sister and the security guard I mentioned before, but I honestly forgot his name too. What happened when Mr. Depp and Miss Hurd first came onto the property? So um, I gave them a tour of, we give all guests a tour of their specific trailer and the grounds and um, 
show them around the uh when someone rents the whole place, they get uh, another trailer called the bar trailer, which is basically a place to set up their alcohol and stuff. And some people in the group were just putting their beverages in that area. And where were you when uh, Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd, did there come a time when Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd went to the bar trailer? Um, I didn't notice most of the time that my interactions with them, everything's kind of centrally located. So there's a fire pit, bar trailer and picnic tables all right in the same area, so they were generally around that area the entire evening that I saw them. And what did you observe of Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd as the evening progressed? Um, so Mr. Depp was super, uh, just super curious and really nice. Um, he was also really interested in my innkeeper because she was a musician, so they would talk about music a lot. At one point, uh, the innkeeper who lived at the next door property went home and grabbed her guitar and they had um, sung a song or two around the campfire uh, in the early evening. Um, there was another instance where Mr. Depp, the innkeeper, her name is Jenna, and myself were talking about books and music and Ms. Hurd came over and kind of interjected. She seemed a little annoyed that um, Mr. Depp wasn't spending time with her. What about Ms. Hurd's demeanor made you think that she was annoyed? Um, I think just generally she, uh, it's hard, like she, I think, uh, I don't know, it, it was just, it was just like a gut reaction, like I, I, I can't describe it, but, um, you know. How long were you with Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd that evening, generally? So throughout the course of the evening, I was probably 40, mostly with Mr. Depp, but 45 minutes to an hour total. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, that's over the whole course until the end of the night after the check-in. Okay. And did you have an opportunity to observe Mr. Depp, Depp interact with other people, guests on the property that evening? Yes, um, I saw him hang out with his security guard at one point and um, outside of the uh, time that him and Jenna were singing around the campfire, he was off by himself um, a lot of the time and Ms. Hurd was over at the, uh, at the um, campfire with her friends and seemed to have a good time. And if you haven't already, can you generally describe for the jury your observations of Ms. Hurd that evening? Um, yeah, He's a killer. Was, He's uh, come to kill her. She was, seemed to be having a really nice time with her friends around the campfire. Um, and yeah, everyone was in a pretty good mood. Did there come a time in the evening that you observed Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd have a disagreement or an argument? Yes. Um, I was speaking with Mr. Depp, uh, just one-on-one, -on -one, talking about Higgsville, and um, Ms. Hurd uh, came over and she said that I want to talk to you and seemed really upset about something. So I went and um, back in the house because it was really, um, they went off on their own and they she started yelling at him and I, I didn't want to hear it, it honestly was really, triggering because I've been in an emotionally abusive Objection. relationship before. Objections. Move to strike. 
What's the objection? You're offering me a reproach. Okay, sure. He has come to kill Amber. He has come to kill Amber Heard. <laughs> he has come and kill her. Mr. Knight, will you please just explain for us what you observed when you saw Mr. Depp and Ms. Heard having an argument? Yes. Um, so... Ms. Heard asked him to go talk um, off to the side, and she was upset at him, and she was yelling at him. Um, and I personally had been in Objection. All right, I'll sustain the objection. Okay. okay. If you could just explain to the jury um, what you observed when you saw Mr. Depp and Ms. Heard having an argument. Okay. Um, he was kind of cowering and seemed almost afraid. And um, it was really like odd to see because he was older than her, obviously. So, um, but I just went back in the house because I didn't Objection. want to. You went to what he did. All right, I'll sustain us too. Understood. Self-juror, you observed the argument. Fair to say you went back to the to your house on Yes, site. I did, yeah. Um, what happened after that? So when I saw Mr. Depp um, on my next rounds, he apologized profusely and said, I'm really sorry about that. She was upset. Objection, Your Honor, hearsay. Sustain. Next question. What, if any, type of reaction did Mr. Depp have? He was just really... Objection, Your Honor, hearsay. He's going to say it again. It's the reaction. It's not... The statement. All right, if you could make that clear, that's yeah. fine. Just what type of physical reaction did Mr. Depp have after the argument between Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd? He honestly, throughout the rest of the night, became a lot more quiet and, um, and was uh, just very more petulant. In the beginning of the night, he um, was a lot more outgoing and extroverted, and throughout, as the course of the night went on, he was less and less so and more quiet. Did you observe any of the guests consuming alcohol while on the property? Um, I assume they were. I mean, people had cups and there was alcohol set up in the bar trailer, but I didn't physically see them pour alcohol into their cup and cup go into the mouth, per se. Did you witness Mr. Depp drink any alcohol that evening? I couldn't say. Okay. Anything about Mr. Depp's demeanor that made you think he was perhaps intoxicated? Yes, um, as the night went on, he, uh, I am a former bar owner, so I'm, even though I wasn't drinking that night, I'm very familiar with the uh, signs. So um, just as the night went on, like I said, he became more and more quiet, but he also, as we would have conversations, his uh, head would kind of sway a little bit back and forth, which was a little, you know, it was, he was much less sharp than he was earlier in the night. Did Ms. Hurd appear intoxicated to you? Um, she did. Uh, she seemed, I think when she 
was angry at him, it, it seemed like she was intoxicated, but that's just based on my experience and my own personal trauma dealing with abuse. Objection, Your Honor, move to strike. All right, I'll sustain the objection. We'll strike it from the record. Please disregard that testimony. Did you observe anyone do or take drugs? I did not. Did you witness Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd interact other than the argument that you previously described for the jury? Um, the, at the end of the night, I heard a commotion. I was inside the house and came out. I couldn't tell what was going on. Um, and Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd were having a discussion about, um, about I, I'm not sure what, but then they went to their trailer. At that point, a lot of people had already gone to bed. So um, it, it just kind of petered out. Everyone went to bed, including myself, and I didn't hear anything else the rest of the night. What time did the evening come to an end? I'd say it was almost around 3 a.m. Did you ever see Mr. Depp grab anyone? Objection leading. Sustained. Did you ever see Mr. Depp become physical with anyone? Objection leading. Sustained. Next question. Did you ever witness Mr. Depp get angry that evening? Objection leading. <laughs> oh, bitch, getting in some shots. Next morning. Oh, bitch, get some shots in. Next morning, we have to check out at noon at the time uh, before COVID. And so, oh, bitch, got some uh, shots in. One of my innkeepers let me know that there was some damage. Objection, hearsay. <laughs> Did something happen that caused you to go to Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd's trailer? Oh, she's yeah, nice with the framing of the court. It's not being offered for the truth, Your Honor. I mean, it, may we approach on this okay. one topic? Sure. Hey, yeah. Oh, they work. What if anything happened the next morning, Mr. Knight? Uh, the innkeepers let me know that there was some damage in one of the trailers, and it happened to be Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd's trailer. So I that wanted to inspect the uh, trailer because I was extremely worried. Um, all those trailers that Steve and I worked on were like my babies, and. Um, the one they were staying in was the only one that was mostly original and restored 1950s style. And so I was uh, very concerned. So what did you observe when you went to the trailer? I observed that um, there was a light sconce by the bathroom um, in the bedroom that had been broken off the wall and a couple pieces were on the floor and they were um, and. Yeah, it was basically just broken. The light fixture was hanging on the wall still, except for the pieces that were on the floor. Did you come to understand how that What's happened? What's up, man? Yeah. Foundation and All right, light. foundation. I'll sustain us to foundation. How he knew? I think I had it pissed up. Did you ask how the sconce was broken? Objection, hearsay. Sustained. How often?
often do light fixtures <clears throat> in the trailers break? Um, they break uh, pretty often. I mean, it's not like a usual thing, but things in the trailers generally get broken because it's all vintage trailers. And um, I would say as much as every couple weeks, there's some incident of damage in one of the trailers. In this case, Mr. Depp had told me that. Objection, dear <laughs> <laughs> so, Anyway, yes. Beyond the light fixture, was anything else in the trailer damaged? No, everything else looked fine. In fact, we have a, a, something we call a piggy fee uh, that we address to guests that if there's anything what we call inconsiderate or unusually large messes, we charge them extra for it for a $25 an hour cleaning fee but they did not receive one of those because everything outside of light fixture looks fine. And what was your reaction to seeing the damaged light fixture? Um, to be honest, I was relieved because it was not a big deal. I just tucked, there was already another light in the room. So I just tucked the wires in the wall until I had a few months later time to um, buy. It was matching sconce with another one in the room. So I had to, on eBay, find a matching pair that would fit there. And uh, when I finally got around to it, I was able to get that and charge it to uh, Nathan, who had, whose credit card I had. And what was your understanding of who Nathan was? Mr. Depp's assistant. Okay. And what did you charge Nathan or Mr. Depp for replacing that, that pair of light fixtures? The pair came out to $62. While you were on site, um, Mr. Knight, did you ever wear a mesh shirt? <laughs> no, I would uh, absolutely never wear that. At any time during Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd's stay on the property, did you see Mr. Depp become physical with anyone? Objection I did not. leading. Okay. Overruled. That's right. I'm sorry, that answer was. Uh, I, I never saw Mr. Hit the Depp like button, surprise witness in this motherfucker. Thank you, Mayor. Surprise witness in this motherfucker. Mr. Knight, you are a pretty big fan of Johnny Depp. Mr. Knight, right? you're a fan! I just asked you one question. Oh, I, I, I didn't apologize. ask you the rest of that. I you apologize. wanted to participate in this trial. <laughs> yes, I he did. I did not. I you was knew? asked by the attorney, and I wanted to, they um, asked me, and I said, I'll be happy to come and tell the truth. You knew this was on camera. <laughs> Didn't he? I wasn't here. Oh. And in fact, you 
tweeted in response to the umbrella guy oh, on April 21, oh, 22. Bitch. Quote, that never happened. I was oh. with them all night. Amber was the one acting all jealous and crazy. Oh. Do you yes, recall do. writing that? I do recall writing that. Oh, Michelle, can well, you bring that up, please? Oh, bitch. We're going to call it Defendants 1903. <laughs> 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 oh, bitch. Oh, bitch. Oh, bitch. Oh, bitch. Oh, bitch. Oh, You are fed. You a fan! You a fan! Ah. Oh, bitch! Oh! Get your water in there! Ah! Hot fire! He hopping around! He hopping again! Oh, shit! That's what's up, nigga. I like this. Oh! Oh! <laughs> she's working on that. Did you write and direct a piece called Matters of Consequence back in 1999? Uh, I did. And didn't Mr. Depp's first wife, Lorianne Allison, work as a makeup artist on that? She definitely did. <laughs> Oh, bitch. Uh, <laughs> after you tweeted to Umbrella Man. You, that was Umbrella Guy. Um, umbrella Guy. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. Now we have this okay. up. Okay. I'm uh, a ask shift. You to take a, a shift in the energy right there. A shift. That was a shift in the energy. You see that? I do. Okay. And He's stronger now. That Umbrella Guy on 421-22, correct? Correct. And it says bringing in the Hicksville incident accusations. Do you see that? I do. And there's clearly Mr. Depp testifying there, likely a video, right? Okay. And you respond, that never happened. I was with them all night. Amber was the one acting all jealous and crazy. Do you see that? I do. Your Honor, I'm going to move the admission of defendants 1903. He's confident about that, though. Yeah, Your Honor... We believe the first part of the um, that umbrella guy's tweet should be unredacted Redacted. for context. Oh, un well, I have no idea what I was replying to. It's, it's hearsay. It's it's rank hearsay, and the context Your Honor, is not necessary. Your approach, of course. Take a look. Ooh, yeah, it's tight. It's tight. It's getting tight in there. Tight. It's tight. Surprise witness. Well, I did. I, I I knew he was on Johnny Depp. Nuts. I knew he was. I knew he was. We knew he was. We knew he was. He wants to help Johnny. He loves Johnny. We see. We know. We're dealing with it. It's up. All right. You can make that redaction. Would that redaction any objection? No, Your Honor. Thank you. Okay. 1903 will be in evidence with as redacted. Let's go.
Now, so you reached out to the umbrella guy in this text, this Twitter, right? I wouldn't call it reaching out. And in fact, the umbrella guy is in Mr. Mr. Adam Waldman. Do you know who Adam Waldman is? I have no idea. Well, he's testified earlier that he talks to the umbrella guy. That Um, he what? He talks to the umbrella guy? Yeah. Were you aware of that? I honestly, this sounds like a like schizophrenia. Okay. Now, four days after. Ooh, let's see where this is going. Event where you texted, Your Honor. Yeah, it's in. Okay, good. Four days after that, you tweeted something pretty nasty about Elon Musk, didn't you? I did. Okay. Thank you. So you don't like Elon Musk, right? Objection well, relevance. Oh, I, I don't know Elon Musk. Overruled. Thank you. Dang. Where is this going? The that is that he had, I didn't ask you for the context. I apologize. Okay. Um, but you texted something that had swear words in it. Would you agree about Elon Musk? Yes. Okay. Now, let's talk about your uh, recollections here. 45 minutes to an hour. Your recollection is that Mr. Depp actually drove there? Yes. What type of car was he driving? An old one that was a convertible. An old convertible? I'm not a car guy, so I couldn't express okay. that. That's that negative model. shit. That's right. that and negative your shit. your recollection was this was May of the negative shit! Yes. Okay. Do you recall when in May? Late May. Okay. Now, you said that you spent a total of 45 minutes to an hour with Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd, is that correct? After the, mostly Mr. Depp, but that's after the tour and after they were checked in throughout the course of the night. Okay, and you don't recall any of the people that were there other than Ms. Hurd's sister and the security guard, correct? I don't recall any of their names. Do you remember how many of them were female? I believe it was predominantly female. Do you remember how many males were there? I don't, outside of the security guard. Do you remember what any of the other people looked like? Um, they honestly just seemed like youngish hipsters, like for lack of a better term. I know that previously a couple of them had stayed at Hicksville Trailer Palace. That's how they knew about the place. Okay. So you didn't, you don't recall seeing how much anybody had to drink that night, correct? I did not witness that. And you, do you recall the use of drugs at all? I did not witness that. Okay. Were you sitting at any point with these people at the campfire? I was not. Okay. Um, and when you said that, uh, that you saw Ms. Hurd and Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd was yelling at Mr. Depp, where were they? They, she pulled him uh, for a chat, and it was off um, towards their trailer, like a little bit off towards the dirt. How many feet were there between the campfire and their trailer? The campfire and their trailer? Yes. Approximately 75. Okay. So where in that 75 feet did Ms. Hurd pull Mr. Depp and uh, yell at him and he cowered? 20. Okay. 20 from, from the campfire. From the, the campfire. Yeah. So your testimony is that Ms. Hurd grabbed Mr. Hurd, pulled him 20 feet over, yelled at him, and he cowered. 
Yes, that's that's what I witnessed. And then did they go back? I, I went inside the house. So you don't know whether they returned to the campfire or they returned to their trailer? I do not. Okay. Um, and do you know whether there were any uh, disagreements or physical communications, anything of that nature at the campfire? I do not. Do you know whether Mr. Depp did anything to anybody else at the campfire? I didn't see anything. Okay. Do you know whether Mr. Depp grabbed anybody's wrist and told them, asked them if they knew how many pounds of pressure it took to break their wrist? I wasn't there the whole time. Okay. Do you, is it your testimony that Mr. Depp and Ms. Hurd went last to their trailer? Everybody else went before them? They all, the rest of the people, I think about half of them had already gone to bed and they went, um, they went, I can't, it was all around the same time at the end of the night that the rest kind of scattered. There might have been a couple of people that went right after them or right before, but it was all around the same time. Okay, so so your recollection is that when Amber and Johnny Depp went back to their trailer, that dissipated, Every, everybody then left at that point? Yes. Okay, now uh, how far away was your house that you were staying in from the trailer that Amber and Johnny Depp were staying in? I'd say it was about 75 feet away. Okay. Um, and the next time that you saw or heard anything was when you went there in the morning and saw the broken scots. Is that Yes, correct? I didn't hear anything after went to bed. Okay. And that's the extent of your knowledge? Yes. Okay. I have no further questions. All right. Redirect. <clears throat> Mr. Knight, how My did mama didn't do that much. Trial? I mean, she proved he was a fan, um, I but... I got a text from one of our old employees who I didn't talk Objection, to for years. Objection, hearsay. Don't tell us what the text said. Just how did okay. you get involved? I got a, I got a text okay. from... I got a... That's still hearsay, Your Honor. Okay. Objection. No. Overruled. Thank you. Go on, Mr. Knight. I was asked uh, if oh, it was... No. Objection, hearsay. <laughs> Apologize. Um, uh, what did you... I got a text... What did you, you received a text. Okay. Yes. From and whom? From a former employee. Okay. And how long had it been since you had heard from this former employee? Approximately five years. And did you contact Mr. Depp or any of his attorneys? Objection leading? Overruled. I did not. How did you get in touch with Mr. Depp's attorneys? They got in touch with me. I Objection hearsay? Overruled. Go on, Mr. Knight. Uh, they they reached out to me. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's I, okay. I don't have an objection right now. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Only if he talks more. Next question. And how do you feel about participating in this trial? Objection. Relevance. Relevant, <laughs> considering that they have accused him I, of I, being overruled. Thank you. She just says she, she can't be man. Um, I'm happy to tell what I saw and. That's the extent of it. I really don't care <laughs> outside of that. Thank you very much, Mr. Knight. Nothing All further. right. I assume this witness is not subject to recall. Is that correct? All right. So you're free to go. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Your next witness. Or is it going to be a deposition or is it going to be? Oh. Apologies, Your Honor. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, Dr. Shaw. Okay. Thank Dr. you. Call Dr. Shaw. Okay. Dr. Shaw.
swear or affirm to testify truthfully in this case or penalty of law. Okay. It's up still. Shout out to everybody tapped in, man. If you fresh up in here, man, hit that like button. If you fresh up in here, let us know where you where you tapping in from, man. Boss Mac out here doing the best he can, man. Streaming a lot, you know, these days like a motherfucker out here, man. You know, forcing the nigga. Nigga forcing himself to get used to this shit, you understand me? Live streaming, you know what I'm talking about? Real nigga commentary go along with this trial, you know what I'm saying? So you can tap into some feelings, man. You know how it's hitting the nigga right here, man. You know, to all y'all out there that don't say nigga and bitch and motherfucking words like that, I'm here for you. I'm here to say those words for you. You understand me? In this motherfucker. What? First Flicks, what's up with you peoples? God bless you, bruh. That's what's up, man. We up in here, man, this afternoon, Taco Tuesday, live streaming, watching this bitch. She knows she a demon. You understand me? Dressed like a teacher. You know what I'm talking about? In there putting it down on Johnny. Wait a minute. What what shit went black? Wait a minute. What happened? That's them. It ain't me. Here. Here we go. And after that, I moved to California. Um, and I've worked at Stanford. I, I studied at Stanford. I did a fellowship. Went to Stanford, in man. Have y'all ever been up on Stanford um, campus, Stanford man? That Stanford. shit, that atmosphere is a motherfucker. Dr. Shaw, what is your current position? I was up there hollering at AKAs and shit, nigga. You know what I'm talking about? I also uh, ignorant. It's called the um, Boss Mac Topsoil, nigga. What if any professional certification you received? Using my fraternity, nigga. Up there on the yard, nigga. I obtained that from hollering at them bitch in neurology in 1991. Um, and then I obtained subspecialty board certification in child and adolescent psychiatry. But well, I really used to be over there in East Palo Alto, though. Like, are you a member of any professional organization in the field of psychiatry? It was like a bridge so over I'm the 101 the freeway, American separate the good from the bad up here. Like, it's brave. I'm a member of the Academy of Consultation Liaison Psychiatry. How long have you been practicing psychiatry? Um, if you include my. Um, Training in psychiatry residency in the U.S. That would be since 1985. Is that approximately 35 years? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, what percentage of your practice involves treating patients? Um, yeah, approximately three quarters of my time is working with patients. Um, I, I work in the pediatric hospital, treating a combination of um, mainly children and adolescents with um, severe medical conditions. Um, but also working with uh, parents of children who have medical, severe medical conditions. Um, I also consult to the pediatric emergency room and we evaluate patients who show up with um, suicide attempts and other serious situations. What does the remaining quarter of your practice entail? 
Um, well, as a professor, I have to do a number of um, academic activities. Um, so I do um, research. I do a lot of teaching. I give lectures. I um, supervise residents, medical students, and fellows in psychiatry. I, um, I do some administrative work. Um, yeah, so it's a pretty diverse, you know, varied day and week. Can you tell the jury a little bit about your research and academic work? Yeah, a lot of my research has involved um, looking at the issue of trauma and PTSD in parents who have uh, medically fragile children. Um, a lot of these parents are naturally really affected by their, their, um, their child's illness and develop trauma symptoms. Um, so I've developed some interventions to try to help parents um, you know, provide support and treatment to reduce their symptoms of trauma. Have you published articles or books in your area of expertise? Yes, I have. I've, I've published um, approximately 70 or well, probably closer to 80 peer-reviewed manuscripts in different scientific journals. Peer-review! Peer-review! Chapters on, on various topics, um, approximately 30. And I have um, published three textbooks, um, one of which has gone into a second edition on topics that are related to my area of expertise. And one of them actually is, a, is about the treatment of PTSD in parents of uh, premature infants. Have you published um, a book through the APA? Um, actually, all of those books um, were published through the, the APA, the American Psychiatric Association. They have a, a publishing house, and that's been my um, publishing uh, company. What is the APA? Um, the APA, the American Psychiatric Association, uh, not to be confused with the American Psychological Association, is um, a professional organization that represents psychiatrists in the U.S. Um, the last time I, I looked at this, I think there's about 37 or 38,000 members. And the, the, the APA has many different roles. Um, one of it is advocacy um, in psychiatry in, in the U.S., but it also has an important role in terms of education, so they, they host an annual scientific meeting every year in which psychiatrists will present their research. Um, it publishes a number of journals in the field, and um, from time, well, fairly frequently it publishes um, guidelines for, for professional practice or about ethical guidelines that they um, hope that the members will follow as part of their practice. What ways are you involved with the APA? Um, <clears throat> well, I, I mentioned my publishing. Um, I, um, I also present at the scientific meetings. I, I last presented in 20, 2021 during COVID. It was, was virtually, but on the topic of group therapy for parents with trauma symptoms. Um, I, you know, I follow the APA and their, their various guidelines. I, I think it's a really influential and important in, um, um, institution. Going back to your credentials, what, if any, professional awards have you received? Um, I've been given a, a number, several teaching awards at Stanford University and um, my, um, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry that I mentioned um, uh, honored me with an award for service to my specialty. Um, um, this motherfucker born in a motherfucker. Exactly
Have you given this any public presentations in the field of psychiatry? Yes, I, um, that's part of our work as an academic psychiatrist is to, to lecture, to give presentations. So I, I present um, fairly frequently at annual scientific meetings, as I mentioned. Um, I've been invited to give grand round presentations at different medical centers, um, including University of Pennsylvania and Harvard. So that's just part of our, I think our role is to try to educate um, our colleagues about our work. Have you testified as an expert in the field of psychiatry before? Yes, I have. On how many occasions? Um, I would estimate, um, in terms of deposition and trial testimony, approximately 50 times in the past 15, 20 years. What type of cases did you testify as an expert in? Um, they're pretty varied. So um, some of them have been medical malpractice. Um, I've also done a number of cases evaluating uh, victims who've um, been uh, subject to physical or sexual assault or trauma. What work were you asked to do in this case? Um, my role in this case was to give my opinions about the testimony and opinions from, of Dr. Spiegel, whom you heard from yesterday morning. And what work have you done to form your opinion? I, um, I was present yesterday in court listening to his testimony. Um, I have viewed his um, depositions. He had two depositions earlier this year, and I, um, I watched those depositions. I've also read a lot of deposition testimony. Um, for example, testimony by Mr. Depp's psychiatrist, Dr. Blaustein, uh, by his physician, Dr. Kipper, and nurse, Debbie Lloyd. I've reviewed depositions by many of the um, therapists involved in this case, including um, Dr. Banks, the relationship consultant, um, Dr. Um, Cohen, who was Ms. Hurd's um, therapist, and I think Dr. Anderson, who I think provided some couples therapy. Uh, I've also reviewed um, the medical records of Dr. Kipper and Dr. Blaustein and some various email communications. Um, I think a lot of the information that has been talked about here. keep pulling up espresso. Like, you. Your Honor, you at this time, we'd like to offer Dr. Shaw as an expert in the field of psychiatry. <clears throat> Any objection? He's an expert. Can we approach? Okay. Can we approach? 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 It's going up. It's going up. 
Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp. Live commentary right now. We're enjoying the vibration. So any objection? Uh, no objection, Your Honor. All right, so, so he'll, be, he'll be moved as an expert. Thank you. Dr. Shaw, um, you testified that you observed Dr. Spiegel's testimony yesterday? Yes, that's correct. And to reorient the jury, can you please generally describe the main areas in which Dr. Spiegel testified? Uh, yes, he... Uh, objection, Your Honor? They heard what he testified to. What's his opinion All right. about? Foundation to reorient them? That, that's okay. We can move forward. Okay. Do you have an opinion of Dr. Spiegel's testimony? Yes, I do. And what is your opinion? I, I have a couple of primary opinions. Um, the first is, is, is that I, my opinion is that he violated the ethical principles that are outlined in the Goldwater Rule. He came and immediately attacked Smeagol! Specifically with relationship to... brought in a Smeagol killer! Off the rip! ...and his cognitive abilities. Off the rip! Um, my second Attack primary opinion Smeagol. would be that... Um, Smeagol in the hallway! The Dr. Spiegel's Smeagol is in the hallway. They got to have him in the hallway. And that he had insufficient objection, information. Objection, Your Honor. Smeagol going crazy. Somewhere Smeagol going crazy right now. Smeagol going crazy. Smeagol is like, oh! Smeagol going crazy somewhere right now. I'm trying to tell you, man. Smeagol. Oh, shit. Oh, he's going to turn into Gollum. 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 He said he's going to turn into Gollum. <laughs> Dr. Spiegel. Oh, Spiegel. They brought in a Spiegel killer. Oh, shit. Camille is the deal for real. Camille is the deal for real. Camille said, I got a Spiegel killer for y'all motherfuckers. I'm a fuck. I don't give a fuck. We winning. We gonna win this 50 million. We gonna break Amber Heard. We need that. We need that 50, bitch. We need that 50 M's, bitch. Huh? Camille the deal brought in the Spiegel killer. Oh, we gonna kill Spiegel... Spiegel didn't even do good. She's going a distance. Camille going a distance for the W. Spiegel didn't even do that damn good for her to bring in a Spiegel killer. She got a Spiegel killer for a motherfucker who ain't even do that good. I'm like, damn, bitch. Camille. Y'all ain't even know. Y'all ain't even peeping that shit. How Camille just did that. We got a Spiegel killer. Coming off the rip. He violated. He violated the rules. He's a fake. He's a fake. Whatever he is, he's fake. I'm here to tell you how I know. Off the espresso ball, smack top soil. They talking about they got the Spiegel killer in this motherfucker. 
Johnny like, hey, yeah. I brought him out. Yeah. Long bread. That tie is bracken. Johnny Depp looks great. With them tortoise shell glasses. Oh, no. That shit fly, though. Shout out to Johnny. Free Johnny. That bitch. Trying to fuck off the Jack Sparrow shit. Disney better call this motherfucker when this shit get, when he dropped that 50. Disney better call this motherfucker. Better check for Jack Sparrow. Yeah. I don't have to learn no lines. It's still up when I'm in a movie. Try to tell these motherfuckers, Johnny, they sleeping on a nigga. Camille brought in the Spiegel killer ready to unleash. Ready to unleash the Spiegel killer. Everything that motherfucker said is bullshit. He need to be arrested. He don't know what he talking about. Giving motherfucking analysis off of movies. Talking about. Talking about. Based on what I seen in Pirates. A nigga getting slow. Did y'all hear that shit yesterday? Y'all didn't hear that shit yesterday. Man, it's a cold game, man. All these motherfuckers supporting this bitch who shitted on the bed in the open air. Fuck up the whole room. Nasty bitch. Ruin the bed. My side. That's like a bitch curse. That's like probably some type of witchcraft curse. She probably learned that from a witch, like shit on his side of the bed, and then go do what your heart desires. And the curse will come through. Bitch went to Coachella trying to fuck somebody. I wonder who was performing that year. I, I could tell you who it was. Probably was a nigga. Dr. Shaw, you mentioned the Goldwater Rule. What led up to the publication of the Goldwater Rule? Um, the Goldwater Rule um, came about um, in response to uh, an incident that, that occurred during the 1964 presidential election when Senator Barry Goldwater was running as a Republican candidate. And there was a magazine called Fact Magazine that started a campaign to discredit Senator Goldwater. And they obtained a mailing list from the AMA and sent out a single survey uh, questionnaire to all to about 12,000 psychiatrists in the U.S., asking if they felt that Senator Goldwater was fit to run for office. And about 2,000 psychiatrists responded, a thousand of whom expressed very negative opinions about Senator Goldwater and made comments such as, for example, he was a megalomaniac, he was a paranoid schizophrenic, that he had narcissistic personality disorder. Um, and as a result of that, um, he was replaced as a candidate um, and then went on to sue Fact magazine for defamation of character. And he was successful in that lawsuit. Um, and in response to this 
incident, um, the American Psychiatric Association that I think was really concerned about how psychiatry was being represented and statements psychiatrists were making about someone they had never met or evaluated, um, issued the Goldwater Rule. And the main premise of the Goldwater Rule was that um, it was improper for a psychiatrist to render a professional opinion about a public figure um, unless they had personally and closely evaluated them. Um, what justifications did the APA provide, other than the ones you mentioned, for an action? That's the dope. Rule? I like that. Um, they wanted to. The Goldwater Rule. I didn't know about that. Uh, I didn't know about that. I learned. I learned. They wanted to um, ensure that individuals weren't defamed by statements made by a psychiatrist that didn't that weren't backed up by medical evidence. And how can you say anything about a motherfucker that you have not met? That's a basic thing. That's a basic thing. You feel me? Speaks out publicly and expresses an opinion, a psychiatric opinion. Um, people generally like to take that seriously, and the APA wanted to make sure that those opinions were credible and could be relied upon. Have there been any updates to the Goldwater Rule? Yes, yeah, since um, 1973, which was when the Goldwater Rule first came out, there have been um, a number of um, get the likes and, up um, publications by the APA. They're called Annotations in Psychiatry, in which the Goldwater Rule has been better defined and expanded in in some to some degree. Um, so, for example, in 2017, in this um, this publication, they the APA reasserted that it was um, not ethical to provide a psychiatric or professional opinion about someone who had not been evaluated personally by that psychiatrist, that it was um, unethical to provide an evaluation without obtaining consent from that individual. Um, they also um, sort of really kind of Defined what a prof what a professional opinion is, and that prof and, how, and how they defined it is that an opinion that a psychiatrist expresses about someone's speech, behavior, or any characteristic about that person, um, if it's that opinion is made using the expertise, experience, and knowledge inherent in the practice of psychiatry, that is considered a professional opinion. So it, it might include making a diagnosis or not making a diagnosis. And the other, I think, a couple of important things about that 2017 document were that the APA um, specified that if a psychiatrist is to give an opinion about someone, about the diagnosis or personality characteristics, whatever, that they have to follow an appropriate methodology. They have to do an evaluation that follows the standard practice of a psychiatrist here in the US. Um, and if they don't do that, they are considered to be, um, you know, affecting the integrity of the, both the psychiatrist and the psychiatric profession. And, and this revision of the Goldwater um, Rule definitely received a lot of support. The 
president of the APA at the time stated that breaking the Goldwater rule was um, irresponsible, um, stigmatizing and, and definitely unethical. So that was a, statement, a very strong statement from the president of the APA. What other medical organizations have weighed in on this issue? Yeah, the number of organizations have their own sort of version of the Goldwater Rule. Um, the American Medical Association that represents physicians in the US um, has an annual meeting um, uh, and it's, they, they have a, what's called a Council of Ethical and Judicial Affairs and they had a meeting in 2017 in Honolulu and they came up with their own statements about uh, the issue of whether physicians can provide opinions without directly evaluating somebody. And, and their opinion was that physicians should refrain from giving a psychiatric diagnosis um, about any public figure, including celebrities and people in the media. Are there exceptions to the Goldwater Rule? There are exceptions, yeah. And I think Dr. Spiegel um, had a lot to say about this yesterday when he was saying that if you couldn't express an opinion without evaluating someone, it sort of made the whole specialty of, or role of experts in the court sort of null and void. But there are exceptions and situations in which an expert can give testimony in court. So one good example would be if there was a medical malpractice case or if there was a case about, that involved a patient who'd committed suicide and the courts wanted to find out whether the psychiatrist had followed a I gotta check it out. The expert can review medical records and can give an opinion check based that on out abundance. provided those records um, have sufficient information, for example, about the diagnoses, about the treatment, about how the patient was responding or not responding to treatment. Did you form an opinion about whether Dr. Spiegel complied with the Goldwater Rule? Uh, well, well, my opinion is that he did not. He expressed a number of professional opinions about Mr. Depp um, that we heard about yesterday. Um, and again, he did so without um, an evaluation, without consent. Um, he did not follow the guidelines of the APA in the 2017 revision, where it was considered important that um, there'd be sufficient information obtained by that expert to give an opinion. Um, so I, I, I would definitely felt that there, his, his conduct, unfortunately, did violate the Goldwater Rule. And specifically, what opinions of, um, that Dr. Spiegel gave yesterday did you, do you feel violated the Goldwater Rule? Yeah, I think that, well, there were sort of two primary ones. Um, the first that you heard about was that Dr. Spiegel had professional opinions about Mr. Depp's personality. And he talked a lot about how he believed that Mr. Depp had narcissistic personality traits. So, um, and, and he also, you know, talked a lot about narcissistic personality disorder. So, narcissistic personality disorder is a diagnosis in um, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, it's called the DSM-5 for short. It's a diagnostic manual published by the APA. Objection, Your Honor.
Speed gonna kill her. They not playing. They just gonna discredit our boy. Huntington Beach. Man. Damn. Go ahead, Dr. Shaw, please continue. Sure. So I was I was just talking about narcissistic personality disorder in the DSM-5. So the diagnostic criteria for that are, um, I'm not going to remember every word about this, but essentially it's a, a pattern of grandiosity, um, a need for admiration, um, a, a lack of empathy that's demonstrated by that person since young adulthood. And the DSM-5 has nine specific criteria. And for someone to meet the diagnosis, you have to meet five of those criteria. And so when, as a psychiatrist, we're trying to make a diagnosis of any personality disorder or any diagnosis in general, um, the normal um, professional guidelines would dictate that we would do a very careful diagnostic interview. And there are actually interviews specifically written to assess personality disorders. Um, it's also possible to have um, the individual fill out questionnaires. There's something called the Narcissistic Personality Inventory. This is a 40-item checklist that um, taps into various components of narcissistic personality disorder. And it's also possible to get psychological testing um, like the MMPI that I think you heard about in reference to um, one of the other experts here. So with all of this information, um, including collateral information from um, family members... Spiegel killers! Um, Discrediting Spiegel! It is possible to come up with a diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder. So in the case of Dr. Spiegel... He's discrediting he Spiegel. Had none of this information. Spiegel just want to fuck Amber. Mr. Depp had narcissistic personality traits. I told y'all. He just want to fuck Amber. Somewhat towards the end of his Look at Johnny um, testimony Depp. yesterday, he was asked to, um, since he couldn't provide any um, documentation from the medical record about narcissistic personality or narcissistic Johnny personality traits, about what um, is referred to in his testimony as record evidence. So information that he obtained from depositions, from text messages, from emails, what, what, whatever. And um, 
So he was asked to give, I think, Smeagol um, killer. five examples of record evidence that would make it seem like Mr. Depp met criteria for narcissistic personality traits. And I'll just mention a couple of them, just, just, just to illustrate my opinion, is that that testimony was, did not really hold together. Colony so stated, for example, ignorant. That, um, Dumb. Don't know shit about his profession. Narcissism is um, narcissistic personality disorder is a sense of entitlement. And the example Dr. Spiegel gave is that he believed that Miss Heard married him for his money. So clearly, sense of entitlement is a, from a psychiatry perspective, that's very different from a belief that someone wanted you for your money. Um, a second example that um, was given was that he was asked to give an example of how Mr. Depp had shown that he was envious of others, which is another criterion for narcissistic personality disorder. And the example that Dr. Spiegel gave is that Mr. Depp was jealous of Miss Hurd <laughs> because he believed she was having an affair with Mr. Franco. Um, now, if we look at these two terms as a psychiatrist, there's a big difference be between being envious and being jealous. As a psychiatrist, when I think about envy, I think about um, somebody wants something that someone else has, and it makes them bad. I think this is going beyond his right. he, He's giving his opinion as to how Dr. Spiegel violated the Goldwater rule with respect to his testimony about narcissistic personality traits. He, he did, but now sustained objection. Next question. Okay. Um, okay, and you mentioned two major examples. Um, what was the second one? The second one was confusing being envious from with being jealous. Oh, oh sorry, um, Dr. Shaw. I mean, um, you mentioned two major examples of ways uh, Dr. Spiegel violated the Goldwater Rule. What is the second? Oh, sure. Um, so the other big category had to do with... Um, Get a nigga to 15 likes, 15 likes. Man, I'm struggling. Look out for the boss, Mike. And he, his general opinion was that Mr. Depp had... Um, deficits in his memory, in his attention, in his processing speed, in his he, that he had word finding difficulties. Um, again, Dr. Spiegel did not evaluate Mr. Depp, and the information that he relied upon. Um, there were two two pieces of information. The first was that he watched a very long deposition that Mr. Depp gave. Um, the day after, I think, he had flown back from London uh, to the East Coast. And um, he made observations about Mr. Depp's behaviour in, in that deposition um, and felt that he could opine or give an opinion about processing speed and other, other cognitive aspects. Um, he also made reference to something you heard about yesterday, this thing called the mini mental status examination. This is a, a brief screen for um, memory and cognitive functioning that is often done. And uh, he testified that Dr. Blastein had administered the mini mental status examination. Um, and although, you know, from the records, all we know is that. Objection, Your Honor. Sustain the objection. Um, Dr. Shaw, without going into Dr. Blaustein's record, what information does a mini mental exam provide? Objection, Your Honor. It's beyond the scope of this information. Overruled as to that limited question. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so the mini metal status is, um, it's, it's a series of about 10 or 11 questions and tasks that someone completes and you get a score out of 30. Um, what Dr. Uh, Spiegel testified was that Mr. Depp could not recall three words after five minutes. And he used that as an example of Mr. Depp having cognitive deficits that he specifically attributed to Mr. Depp's alcohol and substance abuse. And um, he really did not have sufficient information. I, I liken a, a mini mental status exam, it's, it's like taking someone's temperature. If it's uh, elevated. Objection, Your Honor, I think it's going beyond. No, I'll sustain the objection. Okay. Um, now it's probably a good time for a break. If... Okay. Sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I know you had a break, but we didn't. So we're going to go ahead and take our afternoon break for 15 minutes. Do not discuss the case and do not do any outside research, okay? You can stay right there, Doctor. Excuse for the 15 minutes too, sir, doctor. Okay, we'll come back at 417 then. Finish the day. Okay. They're taking a break. They're taking a break. Let me go get the weed out the car. Let me go get the weed out the car. Hold on.
was hanging in. Was hanging. Okay, we on a break. Let me see. Yeah, man, we on a break right now. to the chat Joe Blast what the fuck oh my god oh my god Jesus. Look at this story. What could have caused this to happen? Jacksonville rapper. Let's see. What what could have brought this? Jacksonville rap star Queso father will testify against his son at trial. Story. The father of viral rap star known as Queso will testify on behalf of the state in the first degree murder case against his son. Court records show. Abdul Robinson Sr., 51 has agreed to cooperate with prosecutors in a high-profile murder case in which both of his sons are charged. Hakeem Robinson, 23, is charged with first-degree murder. Abdul Robinson, Jr., 27, is charged with second-degree murder. Robinson, Sr., is charged as an accessory after the fact to first-degree murder. Three others are also charged in this case. Police and prosecutors allege Robinson Sr. is the leader of a violent drug gang known as ATK or Ace Top Killers. His son, Hakeem, who performs under the name Queso, is believed to be a member 
Queso has helped popularize the genre known as murder rap because of how it celebrates the violent deaths of alleged gang rivals. Wow. Hakeem Robinson was indicted at first degree murder in two cases in March. In both, the victim was a rival Jacksonville rapper. Wow. Charles McCormick, a.k.a. Lil Buck, killed in January 2020. And Adrian Gaynor, a.k.a. Bibby, killed in February 2019, has pled not guilty. Wow. Those Jacksonville guys, man, they're really wild, you guys out there. And then after that, Fulio, LOL. I said this months ago, all the ops said I was cap. I'm a genie with this shit. Free Coso, all them ratting. Fulio speaks on the news about Queso's father being moved out of jail because he's cooperating with the cops allegedly against his son. Jacksonville guys, bro. Wow. Motherfuckers do not even. We have entered into a space where... If you are not talking about what you are actually doing in your rhymes, if you're not talking about what you're doing in your rhymes, it's not popping. Gotta really had killed those guys. You gotta really had shot it up. You gotta really had sold that dope. You gotta really had, you gotta really. And even though the police will use that against you, you still have to do it. In order to be valid, there's no way. You can't be successful. It's. I'm thinking, man, it's, I did not realize how much of Young Thug man was just saying what was actually happening. I, I didn't realize it, man. I didn't realize it. Bitches that I fuck with realized it, though. They knew. I. They was telling me. <laughs> they was telling me. They was telling me. I wasn't hearing it. I wasn't hearing it. I wasn't hearing it, man. I wasn't hearing it. They was telling me. Thug them is real, man. I know he had on a dress. I know this. I know he that. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Bitch is like, I know, I know, I know. He's really doing it all. He's doing everything. He's having guys out of here. <laughs> doing everything. 
<laughs> They're doing everything. Oh man, I put up the wrong shit, man. Hold on, let me fix that shit. I'm fixing it. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, man. Amber Heard, Johnny Depp trial still going on, man. This is the um they about to come back in a few minutes. And um get it back going. And close out the day. Uh, it's up. They got the they got the Spiegel killer on there. Get the likes up. Get the likes up for me, man. Get the likes up, man. Swipe Lee in the building. Yeah, man, pot, but that's some cold shit, man. Like, I wonder what the tensions must be between them, man. It must be like, it must be some shit. I, I can't, I can't predict it. I can't predict. But I would, I would, I would speculate that Sun might be seizing power away from pops. You feel me? Within the gang itself. You know, the young niggas start following the sun and then they start doing shit outside of what Pop said to do. And if they would have did what Pop said, none of this shit would be happening. And now, you know, shit is all out of control and all the little killers follow the Pops and, I mean, follow the sun and, you know, now Pops, you know, ain't really built. You know what I'm saying? Niggas, you know, might have been the killers back in the day, but kind of took his foot off the gas. Ain't really like that now. You got all these little young niggas, man. It's, it's wild. And... See, I'm freestyling with what was going out of control in Jackson. I'm freestyling. I'm freestyling. I'm freestyling. I'm giving a, I'm giving a real nigga interpretation of, of what what possibly happened to get them to where pops is telling on the sun. You know what I'm talking about? Like I'm trying to get there, help us get there. I'm trying to help us get there in the logic on how I could get there like that. The sun start getting hella popular because he mixing the music with the. Uh, by mixing the music with the actual activities, the, the, it's in heightened all the activities. So his, his star of gangsterism go up high. You know. And, um, you know, power. Power corrupt. You know what I'm saying? You know, niggas be having that power. Niggas just 
boss. I want to be the boss of it all. I'm the boss of it all. I'm the boss of it all. Fuck my pops. And then that's, I guess, how you have the pops telling on the sun. And we're back. Let's go. It's up. Judge Whoop D Whoop. Turn up. Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp. The jury enters the room. Johnny Depp in a cerulean suit. Fuck you, man. Amber Heard. With the school teacher look. Innocent bitch. You'll never believe she shit in the bed. Come on now. They got the Smeagol killer on the stand. I mean, the Spiegel killer on the stand. It's up. Showtime, bitch. Limited to diagnoses. It's not. It's it's um, includes all professional opinions. Do you agree with Dr. Spiegel that the Goldwater rule doesn't apply to expert witnesses? I, I don't agree. No. How could Dr. Spiegel express an opinion without violating the Goldwater rule? Um, this has actually been a, a topic that's been written and published about. Oh, so no. it's possible it's for someone blue. to give testimony about a matter without interviewing With all them someone. blue colors, it's calm and um, your ass and down. In sort of ways that it should be framed. According to the color so wheel. When, color uh, theory. Dr. Spiegel was testifying about... Um, <laughs> The report that <laughs> Depp was unable to recall these three <laughs> What he could have done is that I personally examined Mr. Depp, so I can't speculate about his um, cognitive state or um, ability to, to function cognitively. However, it is possible that Get the lights someone was able to recall three objects. Um, Spiegel killer issues related to substance use, which was what his opinion was. However, what he could, what he should have done in expressing his opinion, is then have followed up to say that, in order to really establish whether these were relevant and significant cognitive deficits, Mr. Depp should have had psychological testing to establish the nature of these deficits. And. He should also have added that there are other potential explanations for these findings. So, for example, it's possible that Mr. Depp... Uh, objection, Your Honor. He's now going past the designation. Mm-hmm. I think he's just opining as to... Um, or is responding to Dr. Spiegel's testimony yesterday. No, he's opining as to what... Dr. He's opining! Past the, uh, opining! The All right. I'll, I'll, if we can move on. Okay. I love that word! Um, Who's qualified to give an opinion about cognitive deficits and processing speed? Um, it would have to be someone who could um, conduct the type of neuropsychological testing that I was mentioning. 
you can't establish the presence of cognitive deficits without Objection, a battery of tests. Objection, again, this is beyond the Goldwater rule. Overruled. You, know, you can't establish cognitive deficits without appropriate neuropsychological testing. And that can only be done by a psychologist or neuropsychologist. So a psychiatrist like Dr. Spiegel would be giving an opinion outside of his area of expertise if he gave an opinion about um, cognitive deficits that required psychological testing to be further um, evaluated. Dr. Spiegel yesterday testified about the practice of forensic psychiatry. Do you recall that testimony? Yes, I do. What is forensic psychiatry? Uh, forensic psychiatry is a specialty of psychiatry that relates to matters on the intersection between psychiatry and the law. So, for example, what we're doing today is forensic psychiatry, where a psychiatrist comes into court and gives an opinion about a matter to help the court make, come to an opinion. Are there professional standards that govern the practice of forensic psychiatry? Yes, there are. And what organizations have issued those standards? One of the primary organizations that has issued guidelines about um, the practice of forensic psychiatry is called the American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law. This is an organization that represents forensic psychiatrists. And uh, it has published guidelines about what constitutes um, an ethical and sound practice of doing a forensic assessment and providing a psychiatric opinion. Uh, so this guideline, I think, I think it was published in 2015, um, actually contains many elements that are consistent with the Goldwater Rule. So for example, it states that um, for a forensic assessment to be done, there has to be informed consent, and there should be a very thorough, comprehensive evaluation that would include reviewing past records, past psychiatric history, it would include doing what's called a mental status examination, which is a careful evaluation of someone's mood, cognition, things of that nature. And um, the guidelines do state that it is reasonable um, or permitted to provide an opinion without an evaluation, but if you're gonna do that, there's some things that you have to really make clear in your opinion when you express that opinion. And the first is that you have to acknowledge the limitations of your opinion and not, like Dr. Spiegel, say that his opinion was held with a degree of medical certainty. You have to explain what's missing, what data you did not have that you were not able to rely upon in coming to that opinion. Um, you also have to talk about what additional information you would need to come to that opinion. And even though the, these guidelines say it's, it's permissible to do this, um, the, the, the text is still, um, I think, um, not fully in support of psychiatrists doing this. So their statements are that opinions rendered without a proper database, which is what we as psychiatrists rely upon to make diagnoses and, and give opinions, professional opinions, is questionable and not generally recommended. Did you form an opinion about Dr. Spiegel's testimony with respect to these practice guidelines? Yes, I did. And what is your opinion? Well, my opinion is that he did not follow those guidelines. So, um, for example, he did not have consent. 
He did not do um, when he gave his opinions, as I just mentioned. He, he said they were opinions that he had to a degree of medical certainty. And he did not um, make any statements about what other additional information he would have wanted to make that opinion. So, for example, when, when asked about should neuropsychological testing be performed, he said most patients don't have access to that, which, which is actually not at all true. I mean, every medical school has neuropsychologists that can do testing. So I think that was um, an unfortunate statement. Um, so, so I think the, those are the, the primary ways in which the Goldwater Rule was violated and the, and the practice guidelines were not adhered to. Um, Dr. Shah, yesterday Dr. Spiegel was talking about correlation and causation. What is the difference between correlation and causation? Objections, it's not in this designation. It is, we can approach and I can show you. Okay. All right. Well, Johnny is on point. We vibing, y'all. Taco Tuesday. Spiegel Killer is on stage. It's up. The world loves Johnny Depp. They want him to win, man. Um, go ahead, Dr. Shaw. Yes, yeah, so the, the difference between... Amber Heard is a liar, trending number um, one. Correlation is a statistical analysis of a relationship between two different factors. So in Dr. Spiegel's testimony, he talked about, you know, there being a correlation between opinions he had about Mr. Depp, his narcissistic personality traits, his substance abuse, things of that nature. Um, so a correlation doesn't say anything about whether or not these factors caused that, you know, the, the behavior he was, was discussing. Um, perhaps one of the easiest ways I could describe this difference between correlation and causation is if we, if we look at the issue of, of measles, if you'll bear with me. So there's a correlation between being young and catching measles. Um, now we know that measles is not caused by being young. Measles is caused by a virus. But young children have not been exposed to the virus, they don't have the immunity, so they have a higher rate of measles. So the difference statistically is, well, well the difference is, is between causation and correlation is illustrated by that example. So another way I might put this is if, you know, if we had 100 people in a room just bringing it back to the issue of um, IPV that Dr. Spiegel was testifying about. Let's say we had 70 people who had all the risk factors for IPV and 30 people who had no risk factors for IPV. So what can we say about the, those 70 people? We can't say that any single one of those people has perpetrated IPV, even though they may have all the risk factors. 
And if we look at the 30 people who have no risk factors, we also can't say whether or not they have perpetrated IPV. So the actual presence of risk factors for IPV that Dr. Spiegel was talking about, they say absolutely nothing about what happened in this case. Thank you, Dr. Shaw. Nothing further. All right, cross-examination. Good afternoon, Dr. Shaw. Good afternoon. Uh, you're not offering any opinion as to Mr. Depp's psychology, correct? That's correct. And you testified a lot about the Goldwater Rule. Um, you know of no case where an expert has been excluded from testifying based on the Goldwater Rule, correct? I don't know about the whole universe of cases. It's possible, but I don't know personally about one. And, and you, before this case, you've never offered an opinion on the Goldwater Rule before, correct? That's correct. And you've never written an article on the Goldwater Rule, correct? I have not. And you've never given a presentation on the Goldwater Rule, correct? Mm -hmm. I have not. And you've never been on any committees regarding the Goldwater Rule, correct? I have not. Okay. <laughs> and what, what does that mean now, like? You testified that there are exceptions what does to the that Goldwater mean? Rule about having to interview the subject, right? Yes. And you understand that Dr. Spiegel requested to meet with Mr. Depp twice, but Mr. Depp declined, correct? I'm aware of that. And Mr. Mr. Dr. Spiegel stated in his designation and at, at trial yesterday that he did not meet with Mr. Depp, right? Yes. Okay. Um, Mac Live, what's up with it? Can we put up uh, Defendant's Exhibit 1904? Dr. Shaw, have you, have you seen the opinions of the Ethics Committee on the Principles of Medical Ethics? Yes. Okay. And if you could turn to 79 of the PDF, it's, and it's actually, thank you. You see where it's highlighted here? Yes. And it says, psychiatrists have also argued that the Goldwater Rule is not sound because psychiatrists are sometimes asked to render Objection, opinions. hearsay. He's an expert. Without conducting an examination, of they say two dead in that elementary shooting. Two dead. Icon locks. They say it's two people dead. Attempts to subsume the rule with its exceptions. What this objection misses, however, is that the rendering of expertise and/or an opinion in these contexts is permissible because there is a court authorization for the examination or an opinion without examination, and this work is conducted within an evaluative framework including parameters for how and where the information may be used or disseminated. You see that? I do, yes. And, and this court authorized Dr. Spiegel to testify in this case, correct? Yes. Okay, thank you, I have nothing further. All right, redirect. It's going up. Dr. Shaw, um, Mr. Nadelhoff just asked you about the court authorization of uh, Mr. Depp's evaluation. Are you aware that the court has twice denied Ms. Hurd's request for an evaluation of Mr. Depp? I heard that yesterday in, in testimony, yes. Okay, thank you, nothing further. All right, thank you, sir. You can either have a seat or, or you can leave, thank you. Your next witness.
All right. Give it to you. Oh man, they say up to 14. Please state your name and address for the record. Jennifer Howell, Los Angeles, California. And what is your current occupation? I um, run the Art of CEO of the Art of Elysium. Let me just go back. Now you've indicated that that Whitney lived with you from January 2015. No. To, or, I'm sorry, May 2015 to April 2016. Are you absolutely certain about those dates? I am certain. Yeah. She <laughs> came and went. Wow. Period. Mm -hmm. All of her stuff Ooh. moved out of my house April 2016. And I'm sorry, did you say you were 100% certain of that? Ms. Hall, could you answer my question? Yes. She did go back to um, Amber and Johnny's at different points that she was still living with me during that time. The question I asked, because you were talking at the same time Ms. Vasquez was, was giving an objection, was I believe that you said you were 100% certain of those dates. Is that correct? Same yeah. with me. Damn, they shooting up elementary schools, bro. That you are the CEO for Art of Elysium. Is that correct? That is correct. Active shooting, And are you though, still currently like... in that position? Yes, I am. And how long have you been the CEO for Art of Elysium? I am the founder of the organization. So um, we did our first workshop in August of 1997, filed the legal paperwork in February of 98 to set up a 501c3. So I guess since the beginning of the charity. Ms. Howell, when did you first meet Amber Heard? At the Pineapple Express premiere is where I met she and her sister Whitney. Do you remember approximately what year that was? I believe it was around 2008. I'm sure that could be pulled. It was the LA premiere. I think there was probably multiple premieres, but it was the Los Angeles premiere of Pineapple Express. Uh-oh. What kind of bitch is this? Was Ms. Heard there with Mr. Depp? No, this was long before. Um, I was a guest of James. Okay, we got Rico a and Amber a legislator. We got a we got a we got a politician and, uh, saying it might be fourteen people dead in the elementary I mean, school shooting. Specific at the after party of the premiere. Did Miss Enriquez end up working for Art of Elysium at some point? Yes, she did. What year did Miss Enriquez begin working with Art of Elysium? 
I believe it was in 2014. I don't have those documents right in front of me. Um, I believe it was leading into the year Amber was receiving the award. And what was Miss Enriquez's position at Art of Elysium? Art Salon Manager, Director. Does Miss Enriquez still work for Art of Elysium? No. When did that end? Oh, 2015, I believe. Each time you saw Mr. Depp, did you ever see him doing any illicit illegal drugs? Never. Did you ever see him consuming excessive amounts of alcohol? Never. Never. Did you ever see Mr. <laughs> Depp appear intoxicated? Get the lights up. Did heard ever show you photographs of depicting injuries on her face or body? No. Did Ms. Hurd ever tell you that Mr. Depp was abusive towards her? No. Mr. Depp paying your legal fees, Ms. Howell, for this deposition and the testimony you provided in the UK action? He is not. Who is? Myself. Do you feel any particular sense of loyalty towards Mr. Depp? None at all. Do you feel any sense of loyalty towards Ms. Hurd? None at all. Ms. Howell, do you recognize this check as the check that the Art of Elysium received on behalf of Ms. Hurd for a donation, an anonymous donation of $250,000? Yes. Yes. I believe you testified previously that you understood that the anonymous donor was Elon Musk. Is that true? Yes. If I could please have exhibit four brought up. And for the record, it's based stamp JH 22 through 29. recognize this document, Ms. Howell, and if you need to scroll through the eight pages, feel free. Um, can you scroll down? is this that is an email I believe I sent to Whitney 
Scrolling up to the first page of this attachment. He possessed by the, by the devil. Marcel See, that's a nigga under the influence Paracel. of all evil. Sure. He, he crossed over when he killed his G-moms and then he just went on the rampage as to finish. Of the art of Elysium and is one of my biggest confidants here in L.A. kind of for the course of my career. Yeah, they should have killed I'm going it. down to the third page of this exhibit. Fuck taking in custody. They probably was like, after that Buffalo shit, they was like, man, if that happened to us, ain't no custody. We figure it out after uh, we smoking. We, we'll figure it all this out. This is an email, Ms. Howell, that you sent to Whitney Henriquez on or about custody, Tuesday, man. July 28th, 2020, at 11.20, excuse me, at 11.02 a.m. It is... Don't smoke. This is a true and accurate copy of an email exchange that you smoke sent em. to Miss Enriquez? Yes, I believe I'm the one who gave that. Yes, it is. And then did you forward this email exchange and the attachments to Marcel Parasau? Yeah, I asked him to keep it for me. <clears throat> Why did you send this email and letter to Miss Enriquez? because I've struggled very much with what to do in a situation that I love someone who I know is doing something very wrong and I know that they're doing it because they're trying to protect their sister and I'm trying to protect her and I'm just trying to get her to wake up and do the right thing, which is tell the truth. It's the only thing that can help everybody involved in this case. Ms. Howell, do you recall uh -huh. submitting a witness statement in the United Kingdom? Yeah, they basically just called to verify the witness statement that was submitted previously. And do you recognize this document to be the witness statement and the declaration that you submitted in the UK? And if you want to scroll down to look at it. Yes, I recognize it. And at the first page, do you see a date on this document? January 13th, 2021. And is this document a true and accurate copy of the declaration that you submitted in the UK proceeding on or about January 13th, 2021? Yes. And are all the statements in your UK declaration accurate and true? I mean, yes, I signed it, yes. She's team right, Johnny, huh? What I believe was DEP Exhibit 9. It's been marked as DEP Exhibit 9. Team Johnny. Exhibit 9. So, Ms. Howell, earlier you were shown this document. Um, scrolling to the end of it. Can you go? I don't, okay. There. Mm -hmm. Did Mr. Waldman 
assist you in drafting this email? Absolutely not. Did you speak with Mr. Waldman at all about drafting this email? About writing an email? No, I did that on my own accord. Did you speak with Mr. Waldman at all about contacting the ACLU? I do not recall having a conversation with him about that. And Ms. Howell, you testified earlier that you received a check from Fidelity Charitable in January of 2018, is that correct? Um, I don't know if I said the date, but yes, I received an anonymous donation from <sighs> that check that was submitted. Elon shot her 250. Top of my head. Eh. And you testified that there was a letter sent along with that um, that said that uh, it was on in honor of Amber Heard. Yes. Richard, I was guaranteed 20 minutes with them after being attacked for three and a half hours by your side the last time. So I am going to stick by what I was told before entering this and what your side agreed to. All right, your next witness. Uh, your Honor, Mr. Depp calls Candy Davidson Goldron, who is the corporate designee of the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. All right, and that's by deposition, is that correct? Yes, Your Honor. Okay. Goldron, is it your understanding that you're here to testify today on behalf of the Oh, Children's wow, Hospital? this bitch. See, this is already right. fucked up because of the mass. So as of June 2018, <laughs> it's already fucked up had any payments been made by Ms. Heard? to the Children's Hospital um, in connection with the uh, $3.5 million pledge, aside from the original $100,000 check from Mr. White in August of 2016? Yes, there was a payment, um, a gift on January 9th of 2018. And what amount is that gift that you're referring to? $250,000. Okay, and was that gift made Eli! by Ms. Heard or on Ms. Heard's behalf? By Ms. Heard. Oh, no, that's okay, her. What are you basing that statement on? By the um, check that we received from Fidelity. <laughs> Char uh, Fidelity Charity that um, came what is this document? The letter to Mr. White uh, from myself inquiring about further installments on the pledge um, that had not been fulfilled. And why did you write this to Mr. White on June 14th, 2019? I was trying to figure out if there were any other payments coming from Mr. White to fulfill the pledge because we had because the Children's Hospital Los Angeles had not received any other correspondence from him. And what is this document? It is a letter to Ms. Gottlieb uh, from myself on behalf of Children's Lost, uh, 
This letter appears to be directed to Miss Amber Heard, care of Jody Gottlieb. Is that correct? Um, who's Jody Gottlieb? In, in the Children's Hospital Los Angeles record, um, Jody Gottlieb was our contact for Ms. Amber Heard. Uh, Ms. Goldbron, um, why did you send this uh, letter to Ms. Heard and Ms. Gottlieb? I was trying to see if the pledge was going to be fulfilled or not. In your experience, is it common practice for anonymous donors when making donations to in one paragraph state that they wish to remain anonymous and in the very next paragraph identify themselves? Yes. That is common? It is common for donors to want to remain anonymous publicly, but allow the charity to know who they are. Between June 2018 and the dates on which you sent the letters to um, Ms. Heard and Mr. White in June of 2019, were any additional funds received from Ms. Heard? No. Okay, so as of June 2018, a total of $250,000 had been received as, as far as the Children's Hospital is concerned from Ms. Heard. And that was the same amount that was that had been donated a year later in June of 2019. Is that accurate? Correct. As of the date of this deposition, um, March 30th, 2021, how much in total has Ms. Heard donated to the Children's Hospital? For this, this particular guest? I mean, for the, in her lifetime? From 2016 to present. $250,000. Uh, Ms. Uh, Goldburn, do you recall we were speaking about this letter uh, a few minutes ago? Correct. All right, and, and this was a letter that you sent to Ms. Heard, correct? Correct. <clears throat> um, did you ever get a response to this letter? No. As of October of 2018, how much money um, had Ms. Heard directly donated to the Children's Hospital? $250,000. As of March 30th. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the end of that. Sorry, I, I just realized. You said October 2018? Correct. $250,000. Okay. As of March 30th, 2019, how much money had Ms. Heard directly donated to Children's Hospital? $250,000. What is your understanding of the length of time over which Ms. Heard pledged the gift of $3.5 million to Children's Hospital? There was no date arrangement with Ms. Hurd to have this pledge paid off in a particular time. If Ms. Hurd uh, were to pay this, the, the rest of the 3.5 million uh, in two years or five years, would CA, the Children's Hospital welcome that? CHLA welcomes every and any donation 
that comes this way. Has Amber Heard's pledge of the $3.5 million to Children's Hospital expired, to your knowledge? Not that I'm aware of, no. It has not expired. All right, thank you. Your next witness, or? Your Honor, I think we've concluded our witnesses for today. We will have more live witnesses tomorrow. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that'll be the end of your day for today. Again, do not do any outside research. Do not discuss the case with anybody, and we'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., okay? Thank you. All right, you want to have a seat for just a moment because we do have a few proffers going to be done. Um, just, just for the record, we talked about it earlier. I will charge the 30 minutes extra time for today to the plaintiff's team so we can stay on time. Uh, understood, Your Honor. Okay. All right, and I believe, Mr. Rottenborn, you had some proffers you wanted to do um, for testimony. Um, we did, for the, for the record. testimony and a few exhibits. Mr. Nadelhoff is actually Okay, Mr. Nadelhoff, if you want to proffer testimony for the record as the testimony that the court has sustained objections. Here, Your Honor, it's, it's, gonna, it's a box here. So I just, okay, that's fine. <laughs> you can stay there as long as you stay close to the microphone. Okay. I appreciate it. And, and Your Honor, um, what I was going to, what I will do is I'll explain what we're proffering the evidence for, and then we have copies, um, Good. which I'll provide to you. We can, I, I'll provide, we'll provide them to you electronically, or I, I don't have another copy for you right now, but I will okay. provi we'll provide. That's them fine. Go ahead, yes, sir. Okay, um, uh, Your Honor, for Laurel Anderson on March thirty first, twenty twenty two, the defendant attempted to designate certain portions of the deposition testimony for trial, Dr. Laurel Anderson. A clinical psychologist who worked with Ms. Hurd and Mr. Depp. Dr. Anderson testified in, in the therapy session. Ms. Hurd reported to her that she was slapped by Mr. Depp, that he hit her in the head, had her hair pulled by Mr. Depp, kicked her in the leg, and that Mr. Depp gave Ms. Hurd bruises. Ms. Hurd also reported that Mr. Depp was the first to initiate any violence. Ms. Hurd also reported that she hid in the bathroom to protect herself from Mr. Depp. Ms. Hurd also reported to Dr. Anderson that Mr. Depp threw a phone at her on May 21st, 2016, hit her, and held her hair. Ms. Hurd also reported to Dr. Anderson that she was a victim of that she was a victim to Mr. Depp's abuse. The testimony is contained in Dr. Anderson's deposition transcript, which is Exhibit A. The court also excluded records of Dr. Anderson from Ms. Hurd's and Mr. Depp's therapy sessions and a treatment summary, which are Exhibits B and C. Mr. Depp objected to Dr. Anderson's testimony as described in medical records stating that they were hearsay and that they did not fall into any exceptions, including statements for purposes of medical treatment. The court sustained the objection on the ground that the testimony and exhibits were hearsay. For Dr. Kipper, on March 31, 2022, the defendant attempted to designate certain portions of the deposition testimony for trial of Dr. David Kipper, Mr. Depp's physician. Dr. Kipper testified Ms. Hurd voiced concerns of Mr. Depp's behavior while on drugs and alcohol, that Mr. Depp tried to fight and push Ms. Hurd while he was attempting detox on his island, 
and that she found lots of cocaine in February 2016. Dr. Kipper also testified he told Mr. Depp to, quote, bury the dragon, which referred to the bad feelings that Mr. Depp has inside him. This testimony is contained in Dr. Depp. Kipper's deposition transcript, which is Exhibit D. Dr. Kipper also testified about an email he wrote explaining Mr. Depp's detox treatment. In the email, Dr. Kipper wrote to Mr. Depp's sister that Mr. Depp had fundamental issues with anger, romanticized the drug culture, and had no patience if his needs were not met. Oh. This email is Exhibit C, Mr. Uh, Exhibit E. Mr. Depp objected to Dr. Kipper's testimony and the email stating it was hearsay, that it did not fall into any exceptions, including statements for purposes of medical treatment. The court sustained the objection on the ground that the testimony and exhibits were hearsay. Uh, Deborah Lloyd, on March 31st, 2022, the defendant attempted to designate certain portions of the deposition testimony for trial of Debbie Lloyd, Mr. Depp's nurse. Ms. Lloyd testified Ms. Heard voiced concerns about Mr. Depp's behavior while on drugs and alcohol and that Mr. Depp worked himself up into a rage and was trying to fight Ms. Heard while he was attempting detox on his island. This testimony is contained in Ms. Lloyd's deposition transcript, which, which is Exhibit F. Also, Ms. Lloyd kept nursing notes on these issues that she testified to, which is Exhibit G. Mr. Depp objected to Ms. Lloyd's testimony in portions of the nursing notes stating it was hearsay that did not fall into any exceptions, including statements for purposes of medical treatment. The court sustained the objection on the ground that the testimony in portions of the note, nursing notes were hearsay. Aaron Borum Falati. On March 31st and April 1st, 2022, the defendant attempted to designate certain portions of the deposition testimony for trial of Ms. Falati, Ms. Hurds, and Ms. Mr. Depp's nurse. Ms. Filati testified that Ms. Heard reported to her on December 16, 2015, that Mr. Depp headbutted Ms. Heard in the forehead. This also was contained in Ms. Filati's nursing notes, which is Exhibit H. Ms. Filati further testified that Ms. Heard reported being freaked out after the December 2015 incident and testified to text messages between herself and Ms. Heard, where Ms. Heard reported the incident of abuse. These text messages are Exhibits I, J, K, L, and M. Ms. Filati also testified on, that on May 21st, 2016, Ms. Heard reported that Mr. Depp became completely delusional and crazed and hit Ms. Heard in the face while she was on the phone with I.O. Tillett Wright. Ms. Filati testified to text messages reporting this as well, which are contained in Exhibit N. The testimony is contained in Ms. Filati's deposition transcript, which is Exhibit O. Mr. Depp objected to Ms. Filati's testimony, portions of the nursing notes, and the text messages referenced stating it was hearsay that did not fall into any exceptions, including statements for purposes of medical treatment. The court sustained the objections on the grounds that the testimony and portions of the nursing notes and the text messages were hearsay. Amy Banks, Dr. Amy Banks, on April 29, 2022, the defendant attempted to designate certain portions of the deposition testimony for trial of Dr. Amy Banks, a clinical psychologist and relationship consultant who worked with Ms. Heard and Mr. Depp. Dr. Banks testified that in therapy sessions, Ms. Heard reported that Mr. Depp attacked her physically, including by hitting her with his hand. Mr. Dr. Banks also testified that Ms. Heard reported that Mr. Depp cut his finger off and burned himself with a cigarette. Dr. Banks also reported that Ms. Heard told her that Mr. Depp initiated the violence while in a session with Mr. Depp, and Mr. Depp did not object to the characterization of the violence. Finally, Dr. Banks testified that she believed Ms. Heard's accounts of the violence and that Ms. Heard was a victim of domestic abuse. This testimony is contained in Dr. Banks's deposition transcript, which is Exhibit P. Mr. Depp objected to Dr. Banks's testimony, stating it was hearsay that did not fall into any exceptions, including statements for purposes of medical treatment and for providing improper expert opinion. 
The court sustained the objections on the grounds that the testimony about the abuse was hearsay and that Dr. Banks' testimony that Ms. Hurd was a victim of domestic abuse was improper expert opinion. Connell Cowan, on April 29, 2022, the defendant attempted to, attempted to designate certain portions of the deposition testimony for trial of Dr. Connell Cowan, a clinical psychologist who worked with Ms. Hurd. Dr. Cowan testified that in the therapy session, Ms. Hurd reported abuse by Mr. Depp, including text messages and medical notes, where Ms. Hurd reported in December 2015 that, quote, Johnny did a number on me, end quote. This testimony is contained in Dr. Cowan's deposition transcript, which is Exhibit Q. It is also contained in Dr. Cowan's medical notes in Exhibit R at Depp 9122 through 23, and is contained in text messages that are Exhibits S and T. Mr. Depp objected to Dr. Cowan's testimony, stating it was hearsay that did not fall into any exceptions, including statements for purposes of medical treatment. The court sustained the objections on the ground that the testimony about the abuse was hearsay. Alan Blaustein. On April 29, 2022, the defendant attempted to designate certain portions of the deposition testimony for trial of Dr. Alan Blaustein, a clinical psychologist who worked with Mr. Depp. Dr. Blaustein testified that in the therapy sessions, Mr. Depp reported that he had cut himself as a child and burned himself with cigarettes. Dr. Blaustein also testified about the drugs that Mr. Depp was on as reported to him by Ms. Lloyd. This testimony is contained in Dr. Blaustein's deposition transcript, which is Exhibit U. This information was also contained in emails, which are Exhibits V, W, and X. Mr. Depp objected to Dr. Blaustein's testimony regarding the cutting and burning himself as speculation, and the testimony regarding the drugs Mr. Depp was taking as hearsay that did not fall into any exceptions including statements for purposes of medical treatment. The court sustained the objections on these grounds. Bonnie Jacobs. On May 4th, 2022, the defendant attempted to introduce into evidence the treatment notes of Dr. Bonnie Jacobs, a clinical psychologist uh, who worked with Ms. Hurd. The treatment notes show Ms. Hurd reporting abuse by Mr. Depp, including sexual violence. The treatment notes are Exhibit Y. And based on the court's ruling, the uh, defendant did not call Bonnie Jacobs as a witness. Mr. Depp objected to Dr. Jacobs' notes as hearsay that did not fall into any exceptions, including statements for purposes of medical treatment. The court sustained the objections on those grounds. Um, I, have, I have some more. Give me a moment. As long as you don't just keep turning every page in that book. No, I'm, it I'm is not. I'm not staying it, for that. It is not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The UK judgment. On April 29th, 2022, Ms. Hurd moved to allow evidence and questioning regarding the UK judgment and for admission of the judgment itself, which is Exhibit Z. In support for her motion, Ms. Hurd argued that Mr. Depp had opened the door to the admission of the judgment by presenting evidence of damages after the date of the judgment on November 2nd, 2020. For example, Ms. Hurd observed that Mr. Depp had sought damages for losing his role in Pirates of the Caribbean 6, a movie that had not yet been made. Ms. Hurd further observed that Mr. Depp testified that the op-ed had caused him and his family irreparable harm, there, thereby suggesting that his reputational harm had continued to the present. Ms. Hurd noted that Mr. Depp's expert designation indicated Michael Spindler relied on Mr. Depp's earnings from 2019 to 2021 when reaching his opinion, which resulted in an amendment to the designation. Um, ultimately, the court found that Mr. Depp had not opened the door to the admission of the UK judgment and overruled the motion, uh, which the court did again today with um, 
uh, Mr. Banyan is. Let's uh, go, Johnny! Uh, finally, um, Adam uh, Berkovici, um, on May 19th, 2022, Ms. Heard attempted to call Adam Berkovici, who is an expert in the policing and Los Angeles Police Department policing of domestic violence calls for, for service. Mr. Berkovici would have testified to his qualifications in the field of policing and LAPD policing of domestic violence calls for service as follows and further outlined in Ms. Heard's fourth supplemental and rebuttal. Get the lights up! 31st, 2022. Let me get 15, Mr. Berkovici spent 30 years with the LAPD, retiring in 2012 at the rank of lieutenant. He has extensive experience as a patrol officer, field supervisor, Come on, man. Get a nigga to 15, man. Second and Lieutenant 1. Trying to make it to 20, really. As an officer in charge, Lieutenant 2nd of Specialized Detective Units. During his tenure with the LAPD... Look out for the boss, Mac Top. Soiled out. Directly responding to and overseeing subordinate officers... Hit the likes on the way up in there, man. ...for service, including as a patrol officer, supervisor, watch commander, and assistant watch commander. And actually, this, Your Honor, is a... Um, the person who prepared this prepared a, a, a longer brief of what he was going to say. I can, is it okay to su just submit it rather than right. hearing me read it all? Did any objection to that? No objection. No objection. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Um, and with that, that's um, okay. Proper. You just scared me with the size of that. No, I, I just want to know. I understand. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. If you can get Jamie our our copy of it, we'll make sure it becomes course, part sir. of the record as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you have any proffers, Mr. Chu, that you need to, at this point? Not at this time, Your Honor. Thank okay. you. All right. Then uh, I think there's just a couple things I need from you. Like tomorrow, let me, uh, by the end of the, of the day tomorrow, if I could get clean jury instructions uh, without the sights on them for the ones that have been admitted, uh, and also the verdict forms as well, uh, if that worked out. Okay. Your Honor, we, we sent revised jury instructions um, to them yesterday morning and a revised verdict form today. So just waiting to get okay, back. Okay, sure. We'll coordinate. All right. Thank you. Um, and you're working with Jamie about some exhibits. There's some that were both sides noted that were in in uh, evidence that are not. So I want to make sure everybody gets everything cleared up. You're caught up. Uh, uh, okay, good. All right, just keep that going so we can get that. Make sure that's taken care of. Um, as far as time left, Sammy, today I can give you a rough estimate for two reasons. One, you had some depositions, so make sure you give the the breakdowns to Sammy about those. And two, Sammy wasn't here today. He had a mandatory CLE that he had to do. So I just did a rough estimate, and I want to qualify that as a rough estimate. Um, but it looks like uh, the plaintiff has used about five hours today, and the defendant used about an hour and 15 minutes is what I have, okay? And again, that's rough estimate, so don't expect them to be the same. But Sammy's going to get to it this evening and send you uh, an email this evening with the actual accurate times, okay? Anything else? No, thank you, Your Honor. Thank you. All right. No, Your Honor. Okay. Thank you. Have a good evening. We'll see you in the morning. You thank too. You. Thank you. All right. That's it? That's it? Oh, Johnny Bouncing. Damn. All right. 
I still got Johnny with the W, man. I still got Johnny with the W. Johnny with the W, you feel me? Yeah. Yeah. I buy direct. My eyewear is full pride. Pride is pop. Go ahead and wrap this thing up, man, and get to doing some more shit, man. Streaming like a motherfucker. Y'all tap into that that episode, you know. We put some game out. We might come back and do something tonight, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we can. We can, though. Like, you know? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming out. The Top Mac Nigga Show is a Ball Smack Industries production.